The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to another edition of Rediscovering the Indies, an independent wrestling history podcast right here on the BICBP radio network. I'm Chris Gullo, joined alongside Jonathan Ash. Hello. And uh, we have a very fun episode today as we are celebrating our one year anniversary. Yes, we did this one year ago where we talked about the NWA title from 1994 to 2002. And uh, today's going to be a little bit of a similar episode as we're going to be talking about the uh, NWA title from 2007 until about 2017. And warning, this will most likely be multiple parts because we'll talk about all the comings and goings in the NWA at that time. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot more here than there was during the 90s show. And it's very fitting that you know as we're doing this, and you'll and this will uh, this will drop uh, before the 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 NWA uh, seventy three pay uh, per view in St. Louis with Ric Flair. So like, <laughs> so this would be a nice primer for that to learn a little bit of the history that led to where they are at now, uh, having the fight deal and doing the power that they used to do on YouTube, the power show. Um, but before we get into all it, I want to thank our sponsors, the wrestling entertainment network. Uh, we'll talk about a little later podcast, but, uh, awesome youtube series they're constantly putting up content and episodes so check out the wrestling entertainment network wen on youtube and like i said we'll, we'll touch on them a little bit later here uh but we'll kind of get right into it here uh we're gonna do a little bit of a preface uh before 2007 and we'll go to the observer on october 17 2005 on the nwa's 57th convention show on october 8th in nashville it was announced from an nwa perspective that there would be no new president or vice president only a board of directors they're also announced that there'll be no more nwa convention shows bill barons was there which seems to finalize him no longer being involved with wwe they announced bob trobich the charlotte attorney who's largely responsible for keeping the nwa alive in the early 90s as the new executive director there is no longer a president or vice president position only a board of directors they are ed chubman from nwa midwest mike porter from nwa main event danny mclean from nwa battle zone david marquez from representing new japan pro wrestling alvin minnick uh, with NWA Mid-South and Rick O'Brien with NWA Virginia. Trowbridge will continue to be the uh, will be the contract man and the major decision maker. Uh, there will still be conventions every year, but not shows in conjunction with the conventions. And uh, if you take a look at the results from that show, quite interesting. Uh, there was no NWA world title match on that show. <laughs> Even though uh, I believe Jeff Jarrett was the champion at that time, and uh, you know, I think I think too, they were. I mean, th- at this point, TNA is really starting to gain steam, and the NWA is really a backdrop to it. Yeah, I mean, 
look at those 20 matches. There's so many, like NWA Blue, Bluegrass heavyweight title, national heavyweight title, North American title, British Commonwealth title, Canadian title, Virginia heavyweight title, Tri-State X-Division championship. Main event was the Naturals, uh, Andy Douglas, Chase Stevens, defeating Cassie Riley and Eric Young in a Nashville street fight for the vacant NWA World Tag Titles. Which is, stra- the, which is strange. Like I completely forgot that the Nationals were the NWA World Tag Champs during the uh, during the TNA era. Yeah, no, I, I the Nationals were, to my opinion, very underrated tag team. I like them, but just looking at some of these names, um, names that you would know: Alex Kozlov, Abyss, uh, Lufisto, uh, Fergal Devitt. Now, now known as Finn Balor. Uh, uh, what else is on there? Uh, Christy Ricci, who had a like, good little run uh, as the NWA Women's Champion during this era. But a name that was interesting to me, uh, not a name that anybody knows, but just an interesting ring name, Vinny Viagra <laughs> defeated Chance Profit uh, for that NWA Bluegrass heavyweight title. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's 2005. There's still gimmicks like Vinny Viagra. There's also... The Amazing Pookie and Cousin Cooter. And I, I love this team name. Three guys that totally rule. And Seth Delay was in that. Seth Delay was actually a real... There's really only two guys listed for the match. <laughs> but, yes. <laughs> um, so, very, very, very interesting. The NWA 57th anniversary show. And they don't have an anniversary show until the 60th anniversary, which we'll, uh, we'll touch it in a little bit later here. But, um... We'll get right into the nitty-gritty 2007, starting with March 14, 2007. Uh, Brian Danielson ended up having his first match since December on the March 3rd NWA East uh, Coast Championship Wrestling Show in Vancouver, British Columbia. Or not East Coast. Uh, what, what was ECCW? Extreme Canadian Championship yeah. Wrestling. Sorry. Extreme Canadian Championship Wrestling in Vancouver, British Columbia. Danielson said he wanted to challenge for the NWA World Heavyweight title. Apparently, Danielson was promised the title by the NWA board since something happened between the NWA and TNA in recent weeks, and the titles in TNA look like they're going to be called the TNA World Title Belt. Although, at press time, nothing is uh, officially changed. So we start seeing the, the, the you know the rumblings there that something's moving fast on March 14th. Um, and Danielson never got the title, did he? Uh, no. No, so. He uh, never did. He, well, we'll talk about it more would've, as we go he on. Would've here, been, he would have like, been a good champion, though. Um, March 19th, 2000, this is from Figure 4 uh, Weekly uh, with Alvarez. Uh, the NWA titles in the company will soon be history. When the company was formed in 2002, Jerry Jarrett worked out a licensing deal with the NWA, basically taking control of the titles for usage in TNA with the ability to change them without the approval of the board of directors. The idea was that the NWA name would uh, lend credibility to the company, although anyone with the brain realized that at the time it wouldn't make any difference whatsoever. In 2004, they pulled out of the NWA but secured the rights of the belt through 2014 apparently the two sides had a falling out of financial agreements or requirements and the nwa will be taking control of the belts again i'm not sure how this will be explained on tna tv but there may end up being some sort of angle tna dropped the nwa part of nwa tna years back and many feel the dropping of the affiliation is long overdue the nwa is doing an angle where brian danielson is vowed to be the next world champion and the champion at that time was Christian Cage. Yeah. They could have very well worked out a indie match somewhere with Christian versus Brian Danielson. That would have been great. 
Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that would have been absolutely great. You probably could have did it Border City Wrestling. Yeah. It wasn't like, like that, yeah. It wasn't like the champ was like Sting or someone that like wasn't going to work indies. Uh, March 26, 2007. Uh, this is back to the Observer. Uh, it's virtually a sure thing that TNA will be replacing the NWA name on its championship belts with them being renamed the TNA World Heavyweight Championship belts. TNA had the rights to use the NWA name for its belts and control the championship for many years, but the NWA itself called them on a contract breach. Two things in the contract were that TNA was supposed to feature the NWA name and plug NWA house shows, which they did, you know, in those natural days. And say, so, yeah, in those weekly natural days, they would run a crawl with all the NWA house shows. But since getting real television, they stopped doing that. The NWA never made an issue out of it. The deal was done before TNA was planning on doing house shows. In the deal, if TNA was going to run any house shows in territories that there was an existing NWA member, that they would have to pay a territorial fee to that member. The dollar amount was insignificant, but TNA wasn't wanting to pay it. Since uh, they didn't, uh, it was another breach. The NWA itself wanted control of both the heavyweight and tag team titles as they were trying to produce a TV show, but largely promote shows using top workers and copying the Ring of Honor for formula of presenting great matches and trying to make money selling DVDs of the shows. As things currently stand, Jeff Jarrett, until the TV taping after the uh, May pay-per-view, um, to do whatever... Uh, yeah, I'm sorry... Jeff Jarrett has until the TV taping after the May preview to do whatever uh, he's going to do to make the transi- transition. The NWA main office will be controlled by Charlotte attorney Bob Trobich, who was actually the NWA attorney dating back to the Crockett days. The plan is to do an eight-man tournament for the championship with first-round matches taken in various small NWA shows and having a big show with the semifinals and finals. They also plan one match to determine the NWA tag team champions. As things stand, most likely the NWA champion will be Brian Danielson uh, because Danielson works for Pro Wrestling Noah. There will be an attempt to have Noah recognize that title, but that's tricky because New Japan holds NWA membership. However, the New Japan promoter, who is the uh, member Simon Inoki, who will be out of New Japan by this time. Uh, Nobody from the NWA has talked with uh, Gabe Sapolsky as yet. As yet, but they would want Danielson to defend the title on Ring of Honor shows. The question uh, be whether Sapolsky would promote a championship that he would likely have little or no say regarding the change. Uh, but the NWA title uh, may mean something to the Ring of Honor audience. And if Ring of Honor the title is any indication, Danielson will make a tremendous old style champion, at least when it comes to performing the matches. It seems like they had they they were starting to have the right idea. You know, and and we have the preface that New Japan in 2007 is not the New Japan of today. Like, no, that this style that they're going for, pure wrestling and all that, Noah would have been the best bet. Yeah, and uh, yeah, if they had some type of relationship at this time in 2007, where the t- title was defended in Ring of Honor, Noah probably through extension of Ring of Honor, Full Impact Pro. And, and 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 feds like that, I mean, the AEW was getting started. That would have been, like, if they, that would have been their NWA sister promotions, I think that would have been yeah. something successful. I think not trying to shit on all these small town NWA affiliates, but a lot of them were subpar back here in this era. And I think the TNA's mentality of we're not going to send our champion to a, a promotion in the middle of nowhere that's drawn 150 people. Like that, that make I can understand their way of thinking on that. And also, NWA, I know we talked about it a year ago and about the 90s, still trying to hold on to those old NWA bylaws of if you run in 
someone else's territory, you have to pay them money. Like, that's just, like, everything that TNA is doing to help out the NWA and you're going to nickel and dime them for a for a small fee that is yeah. insignificant, but it's the point of it. And we have to remember where TNA is at this point. They are on Spike. <laughs> they just yeah. got on Spike. They got Kurt Angle and Christian. <laughs> like, they're making big moves. And, and this is, honestly, this leads into, the, in my opinion, their best era. Like, that 06 to 09 run. Yeah. Is their best era. And but oh no, you ran a you ran a house show in Cherry Hill, and New Jersey, and now you think house shows. But yeah, yeah, you you run a house show in New Jersey. You have to pay Fred Rubenstein a fee for it. Like, <laughs> no, fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, April second, two thousand seven. This is from the Figure Four Weekly. The NWA is doing angles with various guys, including Brian Danielson, claiming they want the belt. And I remember they were doing this the early days of YouTube. They were putting them out there. Yeah. At some point, the NWA will regain control of their titles and do a tournament to crown a new champ. Obviously, at, at the point, TNA will refer to all the belts as TNA belts, which they've already started slowly doing on TV. Uh, on May 14th, 2007, here uh, is from The Observer. Uh, the face of the second tier of the U.S. wrestling promotions changed when Ring of Honor announced they will be doing a taped pay-per-view shows uh, every other month. And in response, TNA pulled all its talent, not only from Ring of Honor, uh, but made decisions that may lead to its talent no longer working for several other independent groups. Ring of Honor announced a deal with uh, Ken Gelman's G-Funk Sports and Entertainment for pay-per-view events that will be priced at nine ninety-five or fourteen ninety-five. Depending on where, uh, they will air two taped hour shows that will run throughout the the month. Six shows are contracted for over a one year deal, airing every other month. Uh, the first show is called "Respect Is Earned," and it will be taped on May twelfth uh, at the Manhattan Center uh, for showings. Though the month of July, beginning on July first, uh, Booker Gabe Sapolsky is attending, attempting to not announce a card at, at all. Although that may change, it feels like he needs to announce a main event to sell tickets to completely sell out the 1,250-seat arena with just days to go and the building already sold out. Announcing matches isn't going to make much of a difference. Uh, the current plan is to book a show similar to Raw and that angles on the show will lead to the main matches, although obviously with more of an emphasis on the matches but no longer. Uh, with longer matches, it will be presented as if it's a live show without any noticeable editing of matches or segments. Uh, Ring of Honor has approached 10 wrestlers on WrestleMania weekend in Detroit about signing six-page contracts, which included merchandising rights. Thus far, they have 15 wrestlers under contract. Terms have, haven't been revealed, but it's believed that they're exclusive contracts and that they prevent the talent from either going to TNA or WWE for the terms of the contracts. The talent would be able to work indies but not appear on television. If any indie group would get pay-per-view, Ring of Honor would also have priority when it comes to booking these wrestlers. Danielson, McGinnis, the Briscoes, Roderick Strong, Davey Richards, and Jimmy Rave are among those who have signed. The signing of Danielson also means that Danielson will be a priority booked by Ring of Honor, so will will not become the touring NWA World Heavyweight Champion has been planned after TNA returned the NWA singles and tag team titles to NWA, which is expected to take place immediately. So... 2007, the landscape changes a lot. TNA, you know, they, they, they identify themselves with their own belts. They stop letting talent appear at most indie shows. And then Ring of Honor starts giving out contracts. And they start really doing merchandising. And, and, and they do the pay-per-views. And, you know, they'll, a few years later, they're going to be on HGNet. Like, yeah, it's a, weird, it's a weird time for NWA to decide they're going to go on their own at this point. But, but obviously, like... Obviously, like, I left this in the notes, or I put this in the notes just for that reason that uh, Danielson is being talked about as the 
NWA touring champion, but now Ring of Honor is going to be on pay-per-view and is signing guys to deals, and they're trying to lock up Danielson. So to paint the perspective of how it relates to what we're talking about, the NWA is kind of left out in the cold right now. Because now Ring of Honor is going to basically try to be a national company. And TNA, being a national company, shunned them. So it's not even like they could go to Ring of Honor. Hey, let's really do something together. Because now Ring of Honor is doing their own thing. Yeah. And at that point, there's no other options other than just other independents. And again, like NWA is... They've been dropping hints for the last several months with Danielson saying he wants the NWA champion. He wants to be the champion. And now he's out of the picture. So yeah, they're kind of they're kind of stuck here. Uh, left out in the cold. Uh, May 21st, 2007, the, the official documents breaking up the five-year relationship, and this is from the Observer, between the National Wrestling Alliance and TNA were signed on May 1st, and the angles to stop the usage of the NWA heavyweight and tag team titles in the promotion took place on pay-per-view and the ensuing TVs. As noted previously, NWA president and attorney Bob Trobich claimed that TNA had breached his contract for the belts with the Alliance and told TNA it was taking the belts back with both sides agreeing on a May 14th deadline. As things currently stand, the series of small independent promotions that make up the NWA, perhaps with one major promotion involved, will create new singles and tag team champions over the next few months. A 16-man singles tournament is tentatively scheduled to start on June 2nd and to end in early September with the biggest names being involved, uh, Brian Danielson, Brett Albright, Claudio uh, Castiglione, and uh, Adam Pierce. All Ring of Honor wrestlers, uh, lesser-known independent wrestlers like Damian Wayne, will fill out the tournament, which will be marketed nationally as Reclaiming the Glory, the NWA World Title Tournament, on DVD distributed by Big Vision Entertainment, which will be a major partner in the attempt to market the NWA name. Look at Big Vision Entertainment just coming on back. Oh, there's a lot here. It all links. Going. Yeah. Even though Gabe Sapolsky told us that he, did, he didn't think Danielson would be winning the title since he is now signed to Ring of Honor and the NWA has given up its uh, contract with Danielson to be touring champion, he is still the current pick. A somewhat uneasy alliance has been made between the two promotions where Danielson would be able to defend his title on NWA shows provided they didn't conflict with Ring of Honor bookings. It's uncertain whether Danielson will be called the NWA champion in Ring of Honor. Before Ring of Honor got pay-per-view and signed wrestlers to contracts, the plan was for Danielson to be recognized as NWA champion on Ring of Honor shows, but with the pay-per-view and contracts, the dynamic has changed. The new NWA is attempting to follow in the footsteps of Ring of Honor and will run shows largely to provide content for a distribution deal with Big Vision Entertainment. Big Vision, the company that Kevin Kleinrock is a key component of, who was behind the short-lived WSX promotion. Uh, it, it should be noted that Ring of Honor contracts specifically prohibit wrestlers from working for TNA, WWE, appearing on pay-per-view or another company, or wrestling on MTV. Apparently, as a safety evolve in case something unexpected happens and Wrestling Society X is revived, they're allowed to appear on DVD for other promotions and other television. Uh, the NWA and Big Vision are at least in preliminary talks for what to be considered a minor uh, station available nationally on the Dish Network. The idea is to use the Ring of Honor promotional model of presenting high-quality matches for hardcore fans and to make money through DVD sales. The advantage would be that they would have the ability to get distribution in stores. Obviously, with no, structure, no such restrictions due to using TNA talent, Ring of Honor is likely to try to expand more in that direction. The Big Vision is also going to try to work and get a pay-per-view deal, video-on-demand, or digital pay-per-view deal. 
What could be the lone major promotion involved in the NWA uh, is the proposed Inoki Genome Federation, which debuts on June 29th at Sumo Hall. Antonio Inoki and Simon Inoki, who are running the new company, hold the NWA membership for Japan and not New Japan Pro Wrestling, the company they were both associated with until recently. As part of the deal, the NWA ordered Tiger Mask to drop the junior heavyweight title in Portage, Indiana on May 11th to Mike Quackenbush. The Inokis have told the NWA that they plan on Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar as their first main event, but the match is not finalized. A working idea is if Inoki could pull it off, have Angle beat Lesnar to win the real IWGB title, going with the idea that Lesnar never lost a title and Lesnar still has possession of the belt, that Angle was given the impression that he was going over and winning whatever singles championship the group is going to create. I don't believe when the deal was done for Angle and TNA, which is agreed upon, which is a great upon deal uh, that they mentioned Lesnar's name and would be surprising if it happens as Lesnar's indicated that he's not interested in pro wrestling. Even though New Japan would own the IWGP title name, Inoki may be boldly en- enough to simply because he's Inoki and he's such a cultural icon and he, that he can do as he please and nobody will take him down. Angle is confirmed by TNA for the show, so half of that is happening, which is a coup because New Japan was wanting to do Angle versus New Jigata for the uh, for the IWGP title on its next big event. Uh, Inoki, a press conference with Hulk Hogan on May first, said it was a ninety five percent possible that Angle versus Lesnar uh, would be on that card, and also mentioned Josh Barnett would be appearing. There's also preliminary talks of doing a one night for for team tag team tournament to crown the new nwa tag team champions on that show the nwa will propose andy douglas and chase stevens incognito and el cicadelico jr a japanese team of ayanoki's choosing and one more team possibly carl anderson and joey ryan although it's only in early discussion stages well there's a lot there huh <laughs> yeah uh and an angle does work uh Inoki's fed so, uh, June 29th for the IWG, IWGP third bout <laughs> title. Uh, he did do it. He was bold enough to do it. <laughs> no, I remember, I, I, if I can remember correctly off the top of my head, Lesnar was a New Japan champion. He wasn't going back to New Japan. Uh, money issues, I believe. And then Inoki broke away and started up yeah. the uh, IGF and brought in Lesnar, who still had his physical possession of the belt. Inoki claimed he still had the rights to the IWGP title belt, the title lineage, and had a uh and just had Brock as the champ and booked Angle and Brock. And once again, what this show tells you is wow, two thousand seven was a pinnacle year for wrestling and no one talks about it. Like Talked about TNA breaking up with the NWA and 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 and, and then moving forward in that direction. We talked about Ring of Honor and then look at this. Inoki leaves New Japan. He starts on promotion, and Inoki's a legend, and nobody could ever doubt that. And there was many successful, great money years, but this was probably the best move New Japan Pro Wrestling could do in 2007. Because look where we're at now, <laughs> and I don't I, think we get there with Inoki still in power. No, I mean it's hard to say, but. It not hard to say. It's 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 not easy to say that Inoki was holding down the company, but I think the general consensus 
with everyone during the 2000s, early 2000s, that Noki was holding them down. I mean, there's only so many Gaijin's MMA guys you could just put on a show. and you know, Yeah. Like that. He, he, he had a outdated mind for wrestling. Is, uh, <laughs> look, look what happens if a company like takes their uh, takes their founder that's been running the company and running booking for thirty years and sits him down and gets some fresh blood. Oh, you're saying another company should be doing that? I, <laughs> um, and also I think the big thing which pertains to our show, Kevin Kleinrock popping up uh, with the NWA at this time. Uh, and uh, Kevin Kleinrock, he is a, pro- a prodigy of Rob Black. <laughs> yep. Look at that, right? But, but by the way, those of you, we like to keep you updated in the loop. XPW has announced their show date. Uh, it's going to be in Rochester, New York. Uh, uh, probably not too far from Ash's house. It's 10 minutes away. <laughs> and uh, yeah, November 9th. Uh, so if you're interested in that, I, I'm sure you can go on social media to check it out. But Big Bill uh, Collier's booked. Yeah, big, yeah uh, but XPW is back. Uh, yeah. we, we predicted it correctly. <laughs> so, but uh, b- b- back to the NWA. Um, so, TNA Sacrifice, uh, this was May 13th. And this is pretty much the end of the, and this is pretty much the end of our TNA talk here. But all the finishes were relatively clean, um, <clears throat> other than a uh, convoluted main event finish where they went off the air with Kurt Angle's NWA World Heavyweight Champion, only to reverse themselves on television the next day. The finish saw Sting have the schoolboy on Christian, and then Angle grabbed the ankle lock on Sting. Sting tapped at the same amount moment. Referee Charles counted three. They announced Angle as the winner and new NWA, NWA champion on the last day of the belt would have the NWA name. Bob Trubert to the NWA before the show started uh, made an announcement, not on the air, obviously, but as a release, that the belt had been held up, so Angle will never get to be NWA champion after all. Although that probably doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, if they hadn't done the double submissive finish on television and led up to it being a three-way, the unique finish would have came across as creative as opposed to cheesy. And that's... I, I I see that as kind of being petty that that's, you're not yeah, even gonna you're not even like Angle is a respectable champion, like you couldn't uh, just say like oh he's our champion yeah. to give him that honor, but also to have his name on the lineage of the belt. No, uh, it wasn't like Disco Inferno won the belt. So like, let's be honest here. <laughs> Uh, May 28, 2017, uh, the actual paid attendance for the David Marquez promoted NWA shows in Houston and McAllen, headlined by El Hio Del Santo, were 2,800 and 2,200 respectively, which is really good in this era. Yeah. On the NWA deal, uh, Big Vision Entertainment is only working as a media partner for the group. They have no creative control when it comes to the product. The NWA announced details of its tournament. First round matches will be Chad Parham versus Damian Wayne in Cornelia, Georgia for NWA Wildside. Aaron Aguilar versus Adam Pierce in Thayer, Missouri for Central States Wrestling. Brett Albright versus uh, Osuma Nashimura in Saliersville, Kentucky. <laughs> it's been a colder shot for Nashimura. All right, go to Saliersville. Um... We have Fred Sampson, who would uh, go on to be Darren Young, uh, versus Glamour Boy Shane, and that was in Phoenix for Rising Phoenix Wrestling. Nelson Creed versus Brian Danielson, um, and that will be in that was going to be in Vancouver, British Columbia for Extreme Canadian Championship Wrestling. Pepper Parks, The Blade. 
versus Claudia Castiglione in uh, Danvers, Massachusetts for New England Championship Wrestling. Uh, Roughneck Ryan versus El Cicadelico Jr. in Lebanon, Texas for NWA Top Rope Wrestling. And Mikey Nichols versus Fer- Fergal Vevet on June 30th in Quincy, Massachusetts for uh, New England Championship Wrestling. Um, and just a real quick note from the Impact Show, and we'll get back to this. Uh, the show opened when Angle came out with New Belt. They barely acknowledged the change from NWA to TNA on the title. Mike today in passing uh, just said because TNA is now a worldwide organization that it's a TNA world title. Angle came out with New Belt. They just pretended it was the same belt. All right. Um, but this tournament, which would get adjusted, as we know. Yeah. Um, but uh, some interesting names. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, if you, their Angle... You know, and no pun intended, we're talking about Kurt Angle, but their angle here was to just put on very, very good wrestling matches. And a lot of these guys are very, very good wrestlers. You know, Brent Albright. I mean, Damian Wayne down south, you know, it doesn't get enough credit, but Brent Albright, Adam Pierce, uh, Nishimura, Glamour Boy Shane, uh, you know, Danielson, uh, you know, Pepper Parks, Claudio, Sigdelico uh, Jr., Mikey Nichols, Fergal Devitt, all really good workers. And this is not, and a lot of this before they're even prime. So yeah, yeah, a lot of, like I said, a lot of the guys are just uh, local guys that are filling out the tournament. But there are some guys here that went on to do a lot of good things, a lot of big things. Right, here and let's see here. Let's see, we again, have... Pepper Parks. Pepper would have been NWA National Champion uh, by this point, I think. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Let me see. Pepper. Uh, actually, no. He wins the uh, he wins the national championship in August of two thousand seven. So, so he's yet to win the belt. But yeah. yeah. Interesting, because I know we have it in notes here, but I kind of want to run down the tournament here of what we actually got. Because it's not in the notes, right? It's just like match by match, right? Uh, yeah, I don't believe. But they broke it down into brackets named the Luthez bracket, the Terry Funk bracket, the Jack Briscoe bracket, Holly Race bracket. All right, so I, I have here um, uh, of, of, of what we got. So... Uh, for the NWA World Heavyweight title in the first round, and uh, we're just going to just go over all these dates for you uh, from cage match here. So uh, first round, Brett Albright defeated Osama Nashimura, uh at NWA Bluegrass. That was in June 2nd, 2007. Going to the second round, Adam Pierce defeated Angelo Alera at NWA Pro Wrestling East in Clifton, New Jersey. Uh, so that definitely changed from the original uh, <laughs> place it was supposed to be at on june 2nd also on june 2nd uh chad parham defeated damian wayne at nw anarchy the uh, former wild side uh at cornelia georgia so they must have like almost just changed um and then uh on june 9th nba world heavy uh the, I mean, sorry, the tournament, uh, Fred, Fred Sampson, like I said, Darren Young defeats glamour boy shane uh at rpw in mesa arizona uh we had claudia Castillo only defeat pepper parks at New England Championship Wrestling in Danvers, Massachusetts on June 16th. Also on June 16th, Brian Danielson defeated Nelson Creed at, you know, uh, at uh, Extreme Canadian Championship Wrestling in Vancouver, British Columbia. Then June 29th, uh, Fergal Devitt defeated Mikey Nichols in Quincy, Massachusetts at New England Championship Wrestling. So they got two matches. 
And then Segadel Go Jr. defeated Roughneck Ryan in Lebanon, Tennessee for NWA Top Rope on June 30th for the first round. So really interesting that they got uh, that New England Championship Wrestling got two. And then if you look at this original notes here, so I think the competitors were all the same. That didn't change, but uh, let's see here. They, yeah, Wild Ted Chews, Anarchy. They don't do Central States Wrestling in M- Missouri. Uh, or, uh, let's see here. So RPW Rising Phoenix. Okay, so that did work. Uh, that was the same. Let's see here. Trying for that original. Yeah, so the, the biggest change was that, uh, that Aaron Aguilar and Adam Pierce match. Did not happen in Central States Wrestling, probably because they just knew the history of Central States, <laughs> not draw. I, you, you would hope, but, <laughs> but probably had something to do with like dates didn't work out, like when shows happened, because that's that's why uh, a quarterfinal match happened in our own, in our backyard, as we'll talk about in yes. a minute. So yeah, New England Championship Wrestling uh, was always scheduled that too, which I, I, I for some reason find very fascinating. All right, here, uh, so. Back on to the tournament here. All right, so here we go. All right, so these were the quarterfinal matches. Um, and if they come up, and while we go through the notes, we'll kind of just briefly go by them or skip them. But uh, all right, so these were the second round matches. Uh, Brent Albright defeated Fred Sampson at Viva La Lucha in Chula Vista, California on June 30th, 2007. Very interesting. They were having a second round match the same day as a first round match. <laughs> Uh, on July 13, 2007, Adam Pierce defeated Chep Harum at EWF in Covina, California. Uh, and then we had Brian Danielson defeating Fergal Devitt at NWA Empire Red, Red, and Brews right here in North Tonawanda, New York at the St. Johnsburg Fire Hall where... where uh, uh, many, like Empire State Wrestling ran for many so, years, uh, and I, also under the NWA umbrella for NWA Empire. So we're gonna have to tell that story, which we can in a second. All right, um, and then uh, the last, which I found very interesting, had no idea they held an NWA tournament match. Chikara <laughs> uh, in, in Wallingford, Connecticut, where Claudio defeated Psychedelica Junior. Which that's the perfect fan base for that type of match. Yeah. Um, but and that was on July 21st, the same day as the, uh, you know, Brian Danielson Fergal Devitt match. So, yeah. So, so you know, uh, so I was still not in the wrestling business at this point. I was involved with Turnbuckle Talk, but I was not actually in the business at this point. So I, you I were was, though. I was in the local business. I did not work for NWA Empire. I was on the outs with their promoter uh, at the time. Um, but. That event was held at the famed St. Johnsburg Fire Hall, the former home of Empire State Wrestling, a building that has held wrestling from 1999 up until 2019 when they went through some renovations and made it impossible to do wrestling there anymore. Um, ESW ran there 2002 to 2006-ish. It turned into NWA Empire, ran by a promoter out of Rochester, um, he basically just took the ring, took the wrestlers, and just started running uh, under a different name. A few years later, local got, local talent broke away, reformed ESW in, in 09, and went from there. Now, St. Johnsburg Fire Hall, if 
anyone's ever watched DSW on social media or on IWTV, you'll notice like this venue, we've packed 350, four, 500 people in this venue. Uh, the NWA Empire shows were not that, we're not drawing like that. Uh, this particular show with Danielson and, and Devitt, uh, this match is on YouTube. You can find it. There's probably 80 people in the crowd. Uh, the mentality of NWA Empire at that time was booking local guys to sell tickets and not really on matches fans want to see. Uh, I don't think I'm out of line saying that. I think a lot of people will admit to that at this point. So when you're doing a show that is not really entertaining as just ticket sellers, it's hard to draw. And from what I remember, this match was uh, we this match was put together about a week before the show. NWA contacted the promoter and uh, realized like they had a show this date. They needed to get this match done and asked them to put on this match. So it was a very last minute uh, addition to the show. So obviously they didn't have time to promote it. And uh, so yeah, Brian Danielson and Virgo Devitt in front of 80 people in in Buffalo, New York. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's a really interesting but honestly with those two guys, and now Virgo Devitt wasn't, wouldn't be what he would end up being, but I would have definitely put them maybe more a little, maybe me in the semis, because uh, Fergal Devitt, he was working a lot of like in Australia and Japan, and he would have been a, a nice bridge to that international market. For them. Yeah, that would have been a match you would have held off for a big show and not like a week before you're supposed to do the show. I believe another Fed is supposed to have it, but canceled the show anyways. But still, like that's something I think you could have held off on that. Yeah, um, the uh, semifinal match uh, was first one. One was at the NWA Legends Convention on August twelfth, where Brent Albright defeated Claudio Castiglione in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And then on August eighteenth, uh, Extreme Canadian Championship Wrestling once again. Bri- Brian Danielson getting his uh, getting to go back there after winning the first round match, defeating Adam Pierce uh, in the semifinal. And then the finals were September first, two thousand seven. Um, and this is where we're probably going to go back to the notes because it gets a little wacky. Yeah. Because <laughs> we have Adam Pierce defeating Brent Albright uh, after Adam Pierce already lost to Danielson uh, to win the NBA World Heavyweight title at IWA Puerto Rico in Bayamo, Puerto Rico, USA, where Savio Vega was running the promotion. So. But yeah, we'll, yep. we'll, man, the NWA got themselves involved with some characters. Huh? <laughs> we got Anoki, got Kevin Kleinrock, got Savio Vega. Got Hellcat. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. All right here. So uh, July 10th, uh, 2007, uh, in the NWA heavyweight uh, title tournament match, which we talked about, Bernal Albright pinned Fred Sampson to advance in a match uh, in front of 375 fans on, on a Lucha Libre show. So really interesting, too, that it was mostly Lucha-themed, and they put that on there. Uh, July 19, 2007, from the Observe Big Vision Entertainment, and Bob Trobich made a deal for NWA Pro Wrestling to have a television show on the Dish Network. No details regarding the starting date were revealed. 
Uh, July 25th, 2007, the NWA Weekly TV show will begin on the Colors channel, which is only available on the Dish Network. It's one of those channels that is there, but virtually has no audience. Most people don't know uh, that they get it. It's not confirmed, but it's likely looking on a Wednesday at 9 p.m. time slot that will start in September. The NBA World Tag Team titles are now held by Carl Anderson and Joey Ryan, a Southern California-based tag team. They will they held a uh, they had a one night tournament. I'm sorry, on July 8th in McAllen, Texas. Anderson and Ryan uh, beat El Sodelico Jr. and Incognito in about 20 minutes. Then they faced Sean Waltman and Billy Kidman. Um, which was Kidman released at a time? Uh, <laughs> like, or is he just like? Hey, can I have this weekend off? <laughs> I he would have had to have been released. Yeah, yeah, he was released in uh, 05. Okay, all right. I, I, yeah, I he for, was working. He was. I on, forgot he had an indie run. Yeah, he had an indie run 05 to 07, then came back, back to, to WB. Actually, he came back to WB in 2007. So, like, probably on his way out. Uh, Ryan and Anderson won it 15 minutes after uh, Kidman turned on Waltman, and when Waltman was double teamed and pinned and a super uh, kick into a spinebuster finish. The NW World Heavyweight title situation is now like this. Adam Pierce to beat Chad Parman in Covina, California. Pierce will go to Vancouver uh, for the NW East um, Extreme. Well, I'm going to say ECCW. It's too long. <laughs> on August 17th and August or August 18th, and we'll face most likely Brian Danielson. It'll be the winner of Danielson versus Virgil Devitt on July 21st. And to be upstate in Rochester, so they originally thought it was going to be Rochester. Well, that, that's, that's Meltzer, just... Yeah. The other semifinal will be August 12th in Charlotte during the NWA Fan Fest and with Brent Albright and the winner of the July 21st match on a Chikara Pro Show in Connecticut with Claudio versus Psychedelica Jr. Meltzer happens to get a lot of Western New York data wrong, as we've as we've realized recently with... Uh, Yes, ESW's return show. He, uh, so those of you, I'm sure everybody who listens to the show knows, but we work for a company called Empire State Wrestling, and uh, Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics, who's my co-host on that show. Well, he's 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 the host, and I'm just a contributor. But uh, he uh, he was making his return to the ring, you know, since the pandemic, and Meltzer put a note in WrestleNomics. Brandon Thurston will make his return to Eastern States Wrestling, like we're some. <laughs> 90s fed booking like jimmy snooker versus the metal maniac like at least he got esw correctly but yes. just assumed what the name was yeah he but also this, he also did report one time we were going to put the belts on what, what was it what did he Meltzer say that esw was going to put the belts on phoenix and pentagon i think is that what it was belts. i think it was I they, think, were, yeah. they were going to feud a private party yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, he thought we were bringing, when we brought the Lucha Bros in for one match against uh, Colin Delaney and Cheech, and he, uh, he reported that the word was we were putting the belts on uh, Lucha Bros. I don't know how that would have worked, because Colin and Cheech weren't tag champs, but <laughs> yes. like we were putting on Lucha Bros, and then we are going to bring back Private Party. And then we are going to have a feud. <laughs> yeah. We were booking Private Party semi-regularly at that point, but like, yeah, they were supposed to have a feud, and we're like, I was like, where were you getting your information? <laughs> Um, <laughs> on uh, August 20th, 2007, uh, and, and this is just all from the Observer, these next few things. Uh, the NWA World, 
Our NBA heavyweight title tournament is coming down to Brian Danielson, the expected winner for Sprint Albright, as Albright beat Claudio at the NWA Legends Convention in Charlotte on August 12th with the second of two shows. Danielson lost to Sean Denny on the card, so given the old school booking that seems to indicate that Danielson uh, building up a further challenger. I remember Sean Denny had a little bit of a run, too. He just kind of disappeared. August 27, 2007, as expected, Brian Danielson beat Adam Pierce on the August 1st uh, show in, uh, in Vancouver for the NW- for the, in the NWA title tournament semifinal. So, Daniel Silver's Brian Albright is the final, which takes place in September 1st at an IWA show in Puerto Rico. IWA just rejoined the NWA as part of the deal, got the tournament final, and I don't think Danielson is known at all in Puerto Rico, while Albright would be barely known if he was Gunner Scott, and <laughs> he looks different now anyways. Danielson will be working the night before in Burbank, and I'm guessing, unless he loses to Doug Williams on the first night in the King of Los Angeles tournament, in theory, he'd be back in Burbank on September 2nd. I think Meltzer meant the Battle of Los Angeles. Yeah. Yes. I think he meant Bola. And this um, is PWG, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but also, like, I, that point there, IWA rejoined the NWA and as part of the deal got the tournament final. So they basically, like, we'll come back in, but we want the title match. Uh, September 5th, 2007, Brian Danielson suffered a serious eye injury in a brutal match with uh, Morishima on the August 25th show in Manhattan. Ring of Honor show. Yes. In a match that several people live wrote into us was the best match of the year. I've had the pleasure of seeing Morishima versus Danielson. Not this match, but seeing them, I think, this year? Yeah, it was this year, I think, in November, and it was awesome. (laughs) So those guys were great together. But Danielson suffered a small orbital bone fracture. Uh, as well as retina damage that required surgery. He'll be out four to six weeks. The uh, This eliminated him from the NWA title tournament on September 1st in Bayamon, which ended up being challenged to Adam Pierce for Sprint Albrights. Even though both are Ring of Honor wrestlers, the last word it heard is, is that whoever wins the tournament won't be recognized in Ring of Honor. Um, and then we'll go to this. Wait, four to six weeks? Couldn't you just hold off the tournament? Unless, like, the IWA was really, like, we want, like... No, we're not moving this around. But they were running weekly, I think, at that point. So you could, I don't know. Just uh, just the way that this whole tournament went, where it's like they just, they're struggling to make everything work with their dates. Now, obviously, you have 16 people. You have, like, you can't rearrange everything. But you, I, I feel like they were stuck to their schedule. And, like, you could have been a little, a little loose on that. Uh, September 2nd, 2007, the IWA had a show called NWA Night. On September 1st in Bayamon, which featured the NWA title tournament final with Adam Pierce beating Brent Albright in the finals. The NWA executive director, Bob Tropich, as well as NWA promoter David Marquez came out and announced uh, Palladio Vasquez as referee and Brian Danielson as the sub-referee. So Danielson's still there. Vasquez was bumped. Uh, well, you know, you figure that Danielson came into ref. They did a double pin scenario with Danielson counting. Albright got up to celebrate and Danielson announced Pierce as the winner. Main event saw Bison retaining the IWA title, pinning Vampiro in a bout where both used a lot of weapons. So the NWA title match wasn't even the main event? Nope. Bison was over, man. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and and I'm sure Danielson went, still went down there because they probably got him a non-refundable playing ticket. It did, <laughs> probably. Uh, December 3rd, 2007, the NWA executive director Bob Trobich wrote a letter to Bobby Rush and Cliff Steams of the U.S. House of Representatives of... Can we, can we stop getting away from these government organizations on these shows uh, on commerce, trade and consumer protection on October 10th in a response to them sending a letter to the NWA looking for drug testing records? 
And, <laughs> don't exist. And there's a there's a lot in this letter, but it doesn't need to be all read. But basically, uh, there was a uh, House subcommittee about uh, yeah drugs and performance enhancing uh, vitamins and supplements in wrestling. Basically, coming from the Benoit incident. The Benoit murders. So they Once were... Once again, 2007, crazy year, guys. Yeah. Seriously. So the House of Representatives, like, the U.S. Congress subpoenaed WWE, they subpoenaed TNA, and they also subpoenaed NWA. And this letter was basically Bob Trobus just saying, like, uh, we are not WWE or TNA. We don't we don't have wrestlers under contract. I wonder if they... Because the, 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 the Dish deal news was out there, and they just assumed they were, like, a television company, and, like... Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's... Uh, what I assume. Because, yeah, at this point, nobody else has even, like, any semblance of television or anything like that there. Um, and, Ash, if you actually want to read what this letter uh, to the government from the yeah. NWA uh, about uh, drug testing. There's a lot. There's a lot here. I'll just read the pertinent information where uh, Trobich just basically tells them that... Uh, he uh, he agrees with what they're doing, but it says, by way of background, NWA is a different type of business structure than World Wrestling Entertainment and total nonstop action. WWE and TNA have various wrestlers and performers under contract exclusive to them and have centralized control over their entire operation. NWA is a membership organization made up of promoters with local and or regional promotions. Currently, NWA has members in the United States, Canada, Asia, and Europe. Each of these member promotions can promote under the NWA name in their designated geographic ter- territory. NWA as a whole does not currently have any wrestlers under contract, and the member promotions typically utilize the services of wrestlers on an event-by-event basis. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, basically it. He just says, uh, in May, NWA and TNA terminated this congressional, our contractual relationship, and since then, NWA has been in the process of putting together its own centralized promotion. Uh, executive director, I have control over which wrestlers will be recognized by NWA's world champions and also which will be featured on any television broadcast all of those wrestlers will be subject to this testing program this program that nwa will implement will not be in-house but rather will be run by an independent organization uh that's obviously never happened basically just telling the government what they want to hear uh so yeah uh thanks again for your for your work thus far i would be more than happy to provide any further information blah blah, blah. and just basically just uh saying what talked about like they're not an actual organization so they're not going to drug test oh right, yeah so uh we'll move on to 2008 uh january 9, 2008 from the observer the nwa will begin airing on G- january 16th on the dish network channel 9407 at 9 p.m. and replaying at 2 a.m., both Eastern, uh, 6 p.m. and 11 p.m. Pacific. The show will be called NWA Wrestling Showcase. The first show will feature uh, pre-taped material. They will be doing monthly tapings in Las Vegas and the Plaza Hotel and Casino with the first taping on January 18th. Adam Pierce will be the World Heavyweight Champion and Joey Ryan. By the way, you're hearing Joey Ryan's name a lot. It just, unfortunately, he's part of this history. Uh, Drew Ryan and Carl Anderson will be uh, tag team champions, and Mike Quackenbush will be junior heavyweight champion. Uh, they have amazing... Uh, they have amazing Kong. I think they meant to say awesome Kong. Well, she was using both names. Oh, that's right. Yeah, listed yeah. as women's champion, but since she signed a TNA, I can't see them letting her appear. I, I'd mentioned earlier before you off air about how uh, yeah, I remember the Colors Channel on Dish Network. I had Dish Network in the early two thousands. I remember like most channels are within the hundreds range, one hundred, two hundred, three hundred, and I remember the Colors Station in the thousands. 
I don't remember it being that high, but yeah, that's that is very uh, very obscure. Yeah, I know we we you know uh, we talked about kind of a lot of like obscure networks back when we were doing the episode on X, the episodes on XBW, but uh, if let's see because uh, we love doing this, what happened to Colors TV? Uh, let's see here. There's a few Colors TV's uh, stations still around. Um, one in the Philippines, one in uh, India. And it looks, from what I'm understanding, it looks like NWA was one of the first programs on it, too. So they were kind of fairly new in 2008. Let's see here. Mostly, it seems like it, it's a network mostly in Asia, though, now nowadays. Yeah, uh, if I can remember right in the early 2000s, mostly what it was was uh, Asian India programming that was just dubbed over in English language. Um, this was Color Slogan, and this was officially on the Dish website. Uh, get vivid, truthful, and intelligent entertainment when you want it, whether your interest is politics, art, mu- music, movies, current events, education, travel, or sports. You will find it here with intelligent and a colorful twist. We strive to connect cultures through original programming that can't be found anywhere else. Colors TV, the television of all people. <laughs> Not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> but you, when you realize that's why they called it Colors, it's kind of like, that's kind of weird, but... Huh? You, you know what? If more, you were an American company, you probably wouldn't go with that name. I think you'd run into some issues, some yeah, PR issues, possibly. But I mean, the way they did, they did like a rainbow effect and stuff like that, um, which which was kind of, which was kind of cool. Uh, but speaking of entertaining things that you can watch, we want to thank our friends at the Wrestling Entertainment Network, WEN. You know, have you ever pondered that question? Uh, what would happen if Chewbacca wrestled the Loch Ness Monster? Or what if your favorite Ninja Turtle grappled with He-Man? The possibilities are endless in the new comedy show on YouTube, WEN, the Wrestling Entertainment Network. You can join hosts Chip Studebaker and Jib Benderson every Saturday on their YouTube channel for all the plastic cracking action you can handle with, complete with comments commercials and comedy uh any action figure any franchise anything goes in the handmade house of wen the grapple palace it's like robot chicken uh meets celebrity deathmatch folks and yeah there's ghostbusters figures and and masters of the universe figures and you know ninja turtles and power rangers it all gets involved at the wrestling entertainment network uh so check them out that's wen the wrestling entertainment network on youtube really entertaining uh you know just to sum it up they they do very 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 fun commentary and storylines and angles and everything with action figures so really cool uh check it out that's the wen the wrestling entertainment network uh so and uh, i want to point out that going back to colors tv the uh india version actually aired raka king ah it all (laughs) all comes full circle yeah good old ring ring cocking which i've watched i I, you can find a good amount of that on youtube it was good i liked it it's 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 right up my alley uh january 28 2008 the nba group did a tv uh tapings at the in las vegas at the plaza hotel at 
on the, for the Dish Network's color station. Uh, now, the show just started this past week, and we got zero feedback on it, which tells me the audience has to be tiny, as we even get feedback uh, on that Herb Abrams does stuff with a 0.01 ratings on ESPN Classic. Anyway, uh, they had about 150 people at the tapings, which were not well publicized, in a city that they've drawn some nice-sized crowds in the past with El Hio de Santo as a headliner. They are back on February 10th with Eugene. Uh, Nick Bockwinkle was a special guest. Surprisingly, TNA's Awesome Kong did appear as NWA Women's Champion. Uh, amazing Kong. Uh, she must have gotten something worked out in her contract to allow her to do the taping. Joey Ryan and Carl Anderson as NWA champs are called the Real American Heroes. Rob Conway and... Uh, Nicho, uh, which is Psychosis, were the biggest names. Uh, Conway lost to Mike DiBiase, billed as the North American champion, and beating TJ Perkins. Uh, other champs on the show were Mike Quackenbush's junior champ, uh, Pepper Parks as oh, and, and, uh, Pepper Parks as national champion, Adam Pierce world champion. Also, wrestling Mexican star Cassandra was there as well. Uh, should have really, re- should have really reached out with the Pepper to ask if he had any info on this. Well, good thing this is going to be multiple parts. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to reach out to him. Um, on February 11, 2008, uh, now this is from New Japan. Uh, the group has officially joined the NWA, so the IGF stuff never worked out. <laughs> For whatever that may be worth in 2008, maybe they'll work a deal where they can give one of their guys an NWA title run. New Japan will book the NWA World Champions in the heavyweight tag team and junior heavyweight division all during 2008. In addition, at least three New Japan wrestlers will work the NWA tapings in Las Vegas this year. And then uh, moving on to more connect- international connections, on March 3rd, 2008, NWA President Bob Trobich and David Marquez held a press conference on February 20th in Mexico City, announcing the formation of NWA Mexico with Blue Demon Jr. as its promoter. They said the first show would be in April, and they would book more singles matches than Lucha Libre groups do. Arturo Rivera wrote in a column uh, in Ovasanes, which is Mexican's leading sports newspaper, about it in the Day of Innocence, Mexican's version of April Fool's Day, is over, and that the NWA is deader than Route 100, which is a highway in Mexico that no longer exists. He said Demon is trying to sell castles in the sky, saying that they would use wrestlers from CML and AAA, which he said was a lie, and run El Torero, which is noted has been sold and is expected to be demolished. A lot of carny things going on here. Um, But I got to say a little ahead of their time, maybe 2008, wasn't the year to do it, but really trying to have a real international partnership, s- exchanging talent, which is something we see done every week on television in 2021 between AEW and Impact and New Japan and AAA. Yeah. You know, y- yeah, you're trying. Like, you obviously have Canadian feds, you have New Japan, now you have NWA Mexico. Which is strange when, as we go through the notes, CMLL had the rights to the NWA title belts in Mexico. It was like the welterweight belt, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So why wouldn't you just go with CMLL? Why did you have to create your own fed from scratch? But, yeah, Eh, it's it's Mexico. Um. Yeah, and uh, on uh, May 5th, 2008, the NWA booked a show on June 7th at the huge Phillips Arena in Atlanta, Georgia, which is people asking questions. <laughs> Bill Barons, who is the registered NWA promoter in Georgia, said he was just being approached now after publicity is out and noted that with his out of support that they can't use the NWA name, but they're doing it anyway. Hopefully uh, they got a great deal because it's a big building and the only name wrestlers they're listing are Sid Vicious, uh, L.A. Park, and Rob Conway. 
Uh, awesome Kong is an amazing Kong. Lost the NW Woman Settle of Mischief on April 27th in Cape Trudeau, Missouri. She, since she signed a TNA contract, the NWA felt she needed to drop the title, which made sense. It was said that TNA tried to pull her from the show, but she came. She lost via countout and no sold to finish. And live reports were uh, she was not working seriously and giving the impression it was the last place she wanted to be. Lost the title she by showed countout. Up. She showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Did not want to get pinned, obviously. Um, and uh, they're really swinging for the fences here. They get the TV. They're trying the international partnership. And now Phillips <laughs> Arena. And, you know, it just wasn't the right time. Just wasn't the right time. We'll talk about the Phillips Arena. We got a lot of good details on that in a minute. Just, Wait, there's a there's a lot more to build up before we get yeah, to that. Yeah, it just it wasn't the right time to start doing things like this. Like if the Omni still exist, I, I, I understood, but like the Phillips Arena was not like a not a hotbed for NWA wrestling. <laughs> Phillips no. Arena was built in ninety seven, ninety nine, like late nineties. So, yeah. so it, it's like there's no heritage there other than it was built on top of the Omni, on the same spot. But yeah, like I would have looked for like a smaller venue within the Atlanta area. But obviously they wanted that huge name. They wanted to prove to people like, hey, the NWA is back. We're running an arena. Uh, on uh, May 12th, uh, see, on May 12th, 2008 from the Observer, the June 7th show at the Phillips Arena in Atlanta sold 28 tickets on May 3rd when tickets were put on sale. Uh the arena is the co-promoter, so sources close to the situation say it's still likely the show will still happen. Sid Vicious and Rob Conway were the only big names listed, but since then they've added X-Pac and the Rock and Roll Express. Might as well put them against the Rock- Midnight Express, which this is when they were doing that run. Uh, the poster has photos of Iron Sheik and Tommy Rich. Photos of Rich shows him wearing the NWA title that he held for twenty-seven, or that he held for a few days twenty-seven years ago. But neither name is listed on the show. <laughs> uh, the NWA uh, TV shows and colors uh, have been moved to every Saturday at six p.m. With the idea being that it was, it was historical NWA national times on the late seventies and eighties. Six oh five. That's, I mean, I love the 6.05 time. Yeah, so uh, 28 tickets. Uh, you would think that'd be a cause for alarm, but, you know, it's the NWA. Everything will turn out. Everything if will, you build it, they will the come. Yeah. <laughs> It'll all work its way out. Like, oh. Flair will be appearing at the June 7th NWA show in Phillips Arena to be inducted in the NWA Wrestling Hall of Fame. Oh, will he? Night Express. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Rich, Nikita Koloff. Yeah, it, it only took what? Uh, let's see, this 2008. So <laughs> it only took 10, 13 years later. He showed up, by the way. At least it's supposed to. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, um, yeah, along with uh, Midnight Express, Tommy Rich, Nikita Koloff, and Iron Sheik, Jim Cornette will, giving the, will be giving the speech to induct Flair. So even if there won't be many fans at the show, all the word gets out about Flair being inducted to the NW Hall of Fame by Cornette, you'd think they'd get some interest in the show. Uh, it'll probably still be a cool moment. The NWA has put together a huge deal for Flair to appear uh, in a farewell tour at their events, and WWE must have approved it this week because Bob Trobich's office, Trobich is one of the leaders of the NWA known Flair for decades, sent a le- letter this week to all NWA member promoters. The NWA promoters can book Flair for two-and-a-half-hour meet-and-greet sessions for a maximum of tw- 200 people, and they want to limit to 200 so Flair has personal time with every fan. 
Flair would appear before shows where the NWA is taping its showcase show for the Dish Network. Trobich has lined up sponsors for these events to defray the cost. The letter says Flair's guarantee is 10000 plus a hotel suite and limo transportation for the event. Flair will pay his trans to the event and bring merchandise bags with t-shirts, autograph photos, NWA merchandise, and sponsor merchandise. Flair will also appear at the tapings coming out after the third match on the show and doing an interview talking about the city the show is being taped in. Just That's so like, oh yeah, third match every show. <laughs> like, uh, the way the deal works is they're encouraging promoters to charge $100 for the meet and greet. That would generate about 20000 with 200 people, which gives them nearly a $10,000 profit on the deal. And that Flair would be appearing at the shows will help some tickets. Trobich proposed a 30-day deal with Flair, which would mean Flair would get 300000 although we've also heard Flair's getting 225000 Not sure what WWE's cut would be since Flair is still under contract. For them, for an amount to believe in the five hundred thousand a year range, as retired goodwill ambassador. Now, during this era, a hundred dollars for a meet and greet was stiff. Yeah, now, now it's it, normal. Yeah, nowadays that's that's fine. You do a hundred dollars, you probably get a front row ticket with that too. But uh, that's not a bad deal when you when you break it down. Where it's ten grand, uh, a lot of promoters, if if that's required up front. Like a lot of promoters uh, probably won't have ten grand up front, but uh, I'm just, I'm nervous about that whole Flair will pay his trans to the event because whenever anyone says that they'll handle their own transportation, you kind of get nervous because now there's no guarantee they're actually going to show up. You're just waiting the day of the show, hoping 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 that name's going to walk through the door instead of actually having a flight and be able to verify that they actually got on the flight. And and it's the 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 problem too is is it's penetration. So you got to expect that every single NWA member, like they're when them calculating these costs in their heads, that every NWA member is going to agree to this, and that they could put two hundred people in their building just for the meeting very long. That's stiff in middle of nowhere, Kentucky, or like yeah, there's some out there that could do it, but yeah, I don't think. I don't think a lot of these lower tier NWA affiliates had that ability. I I think the you know what I, I said this before in the 1994 to 2002 show. I I think the problem with the NWA is is they don't they want it they, they stress these bylaws and they stress the way it should be and where and really if you just partnered with the ten best promotions on the independents or the fifteen best promotions. And the only deal was, hey, listen, we're we're going to have an NWA champion, and all these the champions, and then if you want the belt on the show, you just pay a small fee. And I think people would do that if it's a decent name and you know whatever, and they could, and and they're just an NWA affiliate instead of like, oh, you got to pay this membership fee, and you got to follow this, and you got to follow that, and you got to follow this, like, and don't run this territory, don't run there, yeah. Like, well, yeah. Let's just like just to put it in modern example. Like, how cool would it be if just one day, uh, you know, you know, there was one. Let's there was one wrestling like brand overseeing organization. And let's just use the NWA for example, even though it wouldn't really work now. Uh, but and then let's say that Game Changer and AW and PWG and you know IWC and just all these promotions. I know some don't like, sure, but just say it's. All these like top promotions were just like you know, yeah, we'll 
all be part of the NWA and we'll get the NWA champion for our big show every year. And the NWA champion could be someone like a Matt Cardona or a bigger yeah. name on the end. You know what I mean? I mean, we basically have that with IWTV. I mean, you do. You do have that with IWTV. They work a lot more smaller promotions than a lot of, like, the yes. IWTV champs not working, like, main, major feds. But, like, really, Yuta's can be booked in PWG. He can be booked in AAW. He can book. He can be booked in Game Changer. Like he's at that level where he's regularly booked in all those places. So we technically have that. We we do. Right and, now. And, and Moriarty and Tracy Williams, all those guys were like good champions like that, like perfect. And it's a it's a it's a, that's pretty much an NWA the NWA system, but not really, uh, not really structured with bylaws like old school bylaws. It's basically like if you're an IWTV IWTV uh, affiliate that has your content on there and you're booking or you you do live streams you book their champion and they promote it like it's a pretty decent deal I think that's a good idea of like what the NWA should have been doing during this era on uh and, and then um it's <laughs> where it gets fun <laughs> June 11, 2008, the Flair NWA deal fell apart right after press time of the issue uh, for the last issue, especially the deal written about that was sent by the NWA to its member promoters. The only thing officially advertised was the NWA was that in the June 7th Atlanta uh, dude for the Hall of Fame, it was a Vince McMahon call not wanting his wrestler to give credibility to a Hall of Fame other than their own, and that they also didn't want to have one of their biggest stars appearing at non-WB events, even if he's just there to do autograph signings and a promo. Bob Trobich, who negotiated the deal with Flair, noted WWE pulled him out from an appearance. Not sure if it was ever cleared, because I'm very surprised uh, that it was... uh, was advertised as my impression was WWE wasn't going to clear it all, although Flair did want to do it. Uh, he wrote it was uh, truly a sad section on uh, action on their part, as the main people injured by WWE's seeming petulance is the wrestling fans. He noted Flair was a legend in NWA long before WWE had anything but a regional promotion in the Northeast, and and has earned being in the NWA Hall of Fame. Got to pull that dig. Uh, like, well, to, to read the next paragraph from the figure four. Figure four weekly, Paul Heyman wrote a column burying them for advertising Flair without getting permission from WWE at first. And Trobers responded to the Reserver basically saying that at least they were an organization that was still in business, unlike Heyman's ECW. Got to throw in that dig. Um, the, the Dennis Carluzzo uh, Heyman feud still, that, that he just still exists. Now, these Legends deals and. You'll notice that a lot of guys that are on these WWE Legends deals and Ambassador deals, they will do independent appearances. Um, before he was with AEW, Mark Henry did a lot. Uh, we had uh, Devon Dudley in, in ESW, and, and these are guys that are yeah, with a lot of them the do company. Northeast wrestling, a lot of them do big time wrestling. Yeah, uh, there there is a loose requirement of of these names cannot appear on iPay per view. They can't appear on streaming. Although that's commonly broken, like I've seen a lot of these talents on uh, on demand on demand shows, but uh, yeah, that's the general understanding. WWE has no problem with these guys going out getting autograph signings, but you you can't really appear. It's very WWE's rules are very particular on what guys can and can't do. And the the the, the crazy thing is, is that I mean. It seems like they didn't even know that they, they could have the Atlanta show, and they're just like, oh, he's going to do Atlanta, and then he's going to do the TV tapings, and he's going to work every NWA affiliate. Like, 
Tropic reached out to Flair. You don't know what WWE dates. Tropic probably reached out to Flair, said, hey, I'm doing this. This is why I can pay you. Flair's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And that was it. And they started advertising him. Which, Trobit's a lawyer. You'd think he'd like, get all this taken care of. Would have got clearance, yeah. Uh, June 16, 2008, we got two totally conflicting reports regarding the NWA show on June 7th at the Phillips Arena in Atlanta. According to box office figures, there were a little over 2,000 fans in the arena set up for, for... And we'll go back to the results in a second, too, for this. As you know what, let's read the results first. Probably should do that. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that first. Uh, I've seen clips of this show on uh, YouTube. I have, too. And uh, you could, it's very darkened in the arena. They turned the lights off for everything but the uh, the lighting rig above the ring. So you really can't tell who's there. You could definitely tell it's Phillips Arena and it's a giant, giant arena because the, uh, the, uh, the LED boards that go around the arena are lit up. So you could see lights in the distance. All right, so this was the show, uh, and it was June 7, 2008, Phillips Arena, Atlanta, Georgia. NWA North American Heavyweight Title Match, Mike DiBiase defeated Idol Stevens. Uh, NWA Anarchy Heavyweight Title Three-Way Match, Iceberg with the uh, with uh, Dan the Dragon Wilson uh, defeated Mikel Judas and Shatter, who was with Jeff G. Bailey. Uh, and then Shatter, actually. Is uh, that Phil Shatter? No, yeah, well, Shatter is, uh, he's Jackson Riker, (laughs) so. Oh, it is Phil Shatter, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then, um, Mikkel, just real quick, Mikkel Judas was a guy, uh, who I really thought was going to do a little bit more, he had a really good look, um, he was Murphy in TNA, uh, and he also, uh, worked some, uh, WWE jobs stuff too, but he was in TNA as Murphy, uh, one of the, the security uh, security guys, uh, red red shirt security or black shirt security. Black shirt, yeah, this was also TNA security runs. I mean, um, Bischoff security. Like, oh okay. Era. I think he. Yeah, I think this. Oh yeah, two thousand ten. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, Abdul the Butcher with John Cheatham and Tommy Rich went to a no contest. Uh, Blue Demon Junior and Sean Waltman defeated Carl Ouellette, uh good old PCO, and Rob Conway. Uh, NWA World Junior Heavyweight Title Match, Mike Quackenbush defeating Ricky Vega, uh, also known as Machete, and he had a, uh, he was in Wrestling Society, yet, or no, 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 where, I knew he, TNA, that's, it was like, I know he had a little bit of run. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was the, he was one of the original members of LAX. Yeah. And then only was there for, for a, a cup of coffee. Machete. Machete, yeah. Um. And then uh, the NWA World Tag Team Total Match Three Way Elimination: Los Luchas, Phoenix Star, and Zocre defeating the Naturals, Andy Douglas and Chase Siemens, and the Real American Heroes, Joey Ryan and Carl Anderson. Um, and <laughs> Los Luchas, I'm kind of shocked they didn't get anywhere really. I mean, they did PWG and stuff, but like a national contract because if I remember correctly, I think they both spoke English too. Which a uh, high-flying luchador that that's bilingual? <laughs> like you would have thought WWE would have been all over that at that time period. Yeah, I mean, they've they made the rounds. Like they worked for Global Force Wrestling. They did a lot of Cal- Cal- yeah, they did a lot of California <laughs> yeah. independence. Global Force Wrestling. We'll see if that ever comes back. 
My prediction, yes. I, I think we're going to have to have a show on Global Force Wrestling. Oh, I think we should. Oh, yeah, because then we'll come back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the theory, right? Yeah. We do a show on something and it comes back. So, Herb Abrams, UWF. <laughs> By the way, there's a you know, side note. There is somebody on Facebook who says they're Herb Abrams Jr. and they friend requested me. <laughs> so. Do I need a ring announcer or a production person? <laughs> it's, I would go for the story. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, and then uh, we had a two-on-one handicap match. Sid Vicious defeating the Players Club, which was Davey Boy Bling and Justin Carino. Uh, and just Carino, I think, is still around, actually. Look at his cage match. Yeah. Uh, working for Russell Pro, And he actually worked for AEW uh, on Dark this past year. Now, who hasn't worked Dark on Elevation. Dark? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, let's see here. And then the, the main event was the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson defeating the Midnight Express, Bobby Eaton and Dennis Condry with Jim Cornette, um, which was very cool to give to the fans, you know, and this is when they were doing that yeah. run around and all that. But, to be uh, honest, like, I think that's the only match worth going to see this, unfortunately, well, like, because well, you're promoting missing? the anniversary show. Well, I know what you're going to say. I'm <laughs> There's, before you say that, I just want to point out what also is missing is no title changes. How come you didn't? How come you didn't do a any title change at all? But also the biggest championship of all. There's no heavyweight t- championship. So now we'll go to the June 16, 2008, yeah. from the Observer. We got two totally conflicting reports regarding the NWA show on June 7th at the Phillips Arena in Atlanta. According to box office figures, there were lower over 2,000 fans in the arena set up for under 6,000. We don't have the paid, but as of the day before, they sold 491 tickets and had 2,400 free tickets out. Larry Goodman reported the crowd was very respectful and showed long memories. Uh, they did. Uh, they never did the Hall of Fame induction for Ric Flair like they said they were going to do, even with Flair not being allowed to attend. NW Executive Director Bob Trober said they somehow forgot. <laughs> Okay. Uh, since Flair was a focal point of all the publicity for the show, both good and bad, uh, that's inconceivable. They had a video message from Adam Pierce, who was working the Ring of Honor pay-per-view date the same night. Jim Cornette emceed the Hall of Fame ceremony and talked about spending many nights at the Omni, getting his butt kicked by Dusty Rhodes and Barry Windham, and mentioned being thrown off the scaffold by the Road Warriors, which is probably one of the more famous matches ever in Atlanta. Cornette brought out Paul Orndorff, who he announced would be inducted in the 2009 Hall of Fame. Nikita Koloff was the first inductee, uh, noting that he was in the main event against Ric Flair at Starcade 86, uh, where the Warriors vs. Midnight Express scaffold match took place. He talked about teaming with people like Dusty Rhodes, Lex Luger, and Sting. Iron Sheik was next, and then talked about how he made Atlanta his home. He said, God bless Gordon Sully. Had to do that in the Iron Sheik voice. <laughs> and thank Ted Turner for uh, bringing him to the city. Uh, Corsica Joe, 88, was, was honored. And they uh, bl- claimed the Corsicans, Corsica Joe and Corsica Jean, were the first NWA World Tag Team Champions in 1948. Is it true? Uh, is that true? Question mark, Meltzer questions. Uh, the first NWA World Tag Team Champions I ever heard of were the Sharp Brothers in 1949 in California. Cornette. Uh, brought out the Midnight Express and said they were the greatest tag team of the 80s and said that they were what NWA wrestling was all about. Tommy Rich came out and talked about how Atlanta adopted him as a hometown, and he was fortunate to have been around there uh, to the tail end of when wrestling was wrestling. Abdul the Butcher came down. They did a short brawl in the crowd with Rich bleeding. The two never made it into the ring, and it was ruled a no contest. The fans reacted to Sid Vicious as the star of the show, 
and his face was on the tickets. They did a quick uh, handicap squash wrestling in jeans and a t-shirt and pretty much killed Davey Boy Bling and Justin Carino. The NWA Pro East Tag Team Champions with stiff offense ending in power bombs and stru- both on stretcher jobs on both Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. Uh, both on stretcher, I'm sorry, on both. Uh, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson beat uh, Bobby Eaton and Dennis Country in a main event. Match didn't work uh, in the main event slot as people had uh, seen too much early and some fans left after seeing Sid. Barely anyone knew Morton and Gibson and some of the old school tricks that they tried to use didn't work. Morton kept talking about being back in the Omni, <laughs> even though the Omni was turned down years ago. The Phillips Arena was on the same site the Omni used to be. Someone from the arena told us it was the smallest crowd for an event ever at Phillips, even drawing less than last week's heavily papered MMA show. The show was had about 25% kids, and the only wrestling they know is WWE. It's noted that a lot of the fans in the show uh, was WWE event and didn't know a whole lot of people were uh, just because they didn't think wrestling in, is WWE. And in their minds, wrestling was a pyro, merchandise, and divas. A lot of fans didn't know Cornette, but he did get a decent reception coming out. One of the biggest pops of the show was X-Pac, looking a little heavy coming out to the DXD music. Use that theme music in Mexico as well. The crowd went nuts with the music. Second best reactions on the show came from... Uh, Anyone in their speech mentioned Flair, and or when anyone did a chop, or like when Mike Quackenbush did the figure four on Ricky Vega. So, uh, yeah, I I can understand that being they only sold five hundred tickets and the rest was papered. If you're an NWA fan or a fan of old school wrestling, you're paying for a ticket. You weren't gonna show up and get a free ticket. I think the majority of I think it's safe to say the majority of those people that showed up for free were WWE fans. Yeah, just and, people in Atlanta. Hey, you won TV like radio station giveaways, yeah, and stuff like that. Like, and anything that advertised because if Sid was on the ticket, Sid was the main draw. WWE fans know Sid. WCW fans know Sid. Like there was Sid wasn't a big NWA guy. No, and same thing with Xbox getting a huge pop. And, and I mean. Like, any way they could draw a fan base, I guess, and we have that big of a venue. But, yeah, you're kind of you're kind of struggling because you don't have that many old-school fans remaining. And it, it's – the thing is, it's 2008. And, you know, we talked about how integral 07 was in the future of business. But let's talk about the realities of 2008. We're following all the, the Chris Benoit uh, incident. And the business was down. And independent shows weren't drawing great. And this was a big venture for them in 2008 to say we run the Phillips Arena. I mean, just to put that in perspective, like, you know, these are the these are this is a bigger arena than AW mostly runs. Now, now, you know, as we're recording this last night, United Center, <laughs> that's that's around similar size. But this was an, an arena built for the Atlanta Thrashers. I'm not sure if the Hawks play there, too, but uh, yeah. the Atlanta Thrashers were in Atlanta. Like, this is a pretty substantial it's a major, major, league, it's league, a major league arena. Yeah. arena. And, I mean, companies like Ring of Honor weren't doing this. TNA wasn't running arenas like this. And they have much more of a foothold yeah. in the mainstream than the NWA did in 2008. Like, the, we talked about Even it. Even WCW, during the majority of their run, never ran... 18, 20,000 yeah. seat arenas. They would run the smaller five to 8,000 seat arenas. And we talked about it with ones. XBW and even Stampede. It's like you, you go above your, like, you don't just run a giant arena and, and know, like, oh, here we go. Like, 
they're more the promoters are more fat, infatuated with the idea of saying they ran a major league arena for the publicity that comes with it and not realizing you're going to draw a tenth of what that building can hold. Um, just a note to uh, Ring of Honor Respect is Earned, which was the same night uh, where uh, Brent Albright and Delirious and uh, Pele Premium defeated Chris Harrow, Adam Pierce and Eddie Edwards with Albright pinning Edwards in 11.57. Pierce laid out Albright with his briefcase. He opened up the briefcase and it had the NWA title belt. So they've made an agreement with Bob Trope with Jay Marquez uh, side uh, to use and recognize the title. The Ring of Honor title will r- remain the main event title. So that so, almost, but I almost think it was NWA wanted this. Like, oh well, if our champion can't appear, at least yeah, have our television at your show. Our, it, that, that's still a frustrating thing. Like you're running this huge show, and all that Adam Pierce is doing was a six man tag. Like, obviously it was a pay per view, so like you're, yeah, but you, 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 but you like, he didn't have to be in that. Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, like in this time period, this is when they had all the. Um, this is when Hero and them hauled that heck posse. So you could have thrown Hagedorn in there. You could have thrown Bobby Dempsey in there. You could have thrown uh, Eddie Ernie Osiris in there. You could have thrown like there's a few like a few guys that were hanging like in that stable at that time. Like so, can't remember Ernie Osiris, but I know Hagedorn and Dempsey were with them. But still, like, like a six man tag. Larry Sweeney, like like it's not like he was in the main event. So. That was selling tickets. Like didn't need to be in that. Plus, like it was a whole weekend. So like he. He appeared in multiple shows that weekend for Ring of Honor. Like, he could have missed one show. Yeah. And, 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 and listen, Adam Pierce is a awesome wrestler, but I don't it, think the Ring of Honor, like, no, I don't think the Ring of Honor crowd would have heard in attendance if you said, hey, listen, Adam Pierce has to go wrestle for the NWA. You know, we're very sorry, you know, yeah. but, but hey, we're going to have this guy pop up. It just seems like for a company that is so tied with tradition that that NWA would have wanted the heavyweight title defended at the Phillips Arena. And also going back to like my earlier point about like no title changes. You didn't want to like as Gorilla Monsoon used to say history. You didn't want history to be made. You didn't want a title change. Like tag titles could have changed hands. Like there's so many different titles that could have changed hands on the show um now uh just some notes on those ring of honor shows this is from the july 7th observer the ring of honor show this past weekend saw 550 fans in dayton on june 27th and in chicago uh uh on june 28th main event in dayton was the ring of honor versus nwa title match with mcginnis versus adam pierce mcginnis was supposed to be the face uh with sweet and sour incorporated uh mcginnis flipped a uh, pierce over the top rope and then mcginnis topped uh, knocked out Bobby Dempsey and they used a lariat to pin Pierce. NWF ring the NWF NWA sorry ref at ringside then ruled uh, since McGinnis had tossed Pierce over the top rope before the pin that he was DQ'd. Crowd didn't like this at all and were chanting Dusty finish. So again, going back to the the old tropes of uh, of booking of what's the NWA so we can use this as a as a false finish. We can use the over-the-top rope rule. I think it's just lazy booking, especially for Bring of Honor during this era. The over-the-top rope, like, that, it's, the, it's the dumbest rule in wrestling. You know what? If somebody wants to come at me on Twitter, but I don't care. The, the, the going over-the-top rope being eliminated is the dumbest, dumbest thing in professional it, wrestling. It, I, I understood it back in the day. Like, it made sense back in the in day. The but like, But no, like, I mean, continuing now... 
now now NWA affiliates only use it as a cheap way out to not do yeah. a title change for a dusty finish. Basically, they that's all it's used for. But it's been used that way for thirty for thirty years. WWE used it in nineteen ninety eight. Uh, the Bill Watts era of WCW ninety two used it. Like it didn't need to be used in 08. It still doesn't need to be used today, but there's still feds that still feds that try to do that rule as a dusty finish. Like it's, it's ridiculous. And and yeah, so and these bigger monitors shows actually happened like three weeks after Phillips Arena. So it, it seems like the first shows after that they are really using it, the NWA title in a prominent angle at least. You know. <laughs> um, and then Sweden Sour was a big deal. They were the top heel faction in yeah. that time period. I loved Ring of Honor this time period. Yeah, it seems like they didn't want anything to do with Ring of Honor or with New Japan. NWA and didn't didn't recognize it until all of a sudden now that they're running with the angle. Uh, NWA officials are coming to the August second Hammerstein Ballroom show for the Adam Pierce versus Brent Albright NWA title match. That's sort sort of uh, sort of foreshadowing something right there because yeah. NWA officials never go to random title matches. No, and we got we got two notes from the uh, Observer for August eleventh. We'll start with this one. Uh, there were a lot of things that went into Flair asking out of his three year WWE contract, believe it to be for the same money as his five hundred thousand dollar downside he'd been working under as a wrestler for the past several years. The key is that Flair believes he could earn significantly uh, by booking his own appearance, as well as give him more time to pursue other avenues of income, as well as work in Hollywood. There is also the feeling that he could do very well as a pitch man on television commercials. Flair <laughs> and the car insurance with David Marquez. Like, that <laughs> comes full circle. Uh, Flair intentionally accepted many bookings for big money uh, that the company would not allow him to take. The most notable being a guaranteed $220,000 deal, uh, $20, deal for 30 dates put together by Charlotte attorney Bob Trobich of the NWA, who Flair had known since the Jim Crockett days dating more back than 20 years. Flair was to get 50% of the money in advance upon signing the contract, which would have Flair doing autograph sessions at NWA house shows where they would limit an autograph session to 200 fans who would pay 100 bucks. Limited that to that number to give fans a chance to generally interact a little with Flair as well as get items autographed. So on paper, it was a major financial win for all involved. As part of the deal, the NWA would take the shows for its television, and uh, which they would hope that Flair attached to the tapes could improve its exposure, and that the taping theoretically would draw much bigger crowds because of Flair being advertised for one-time appearances in each city. As part of the deal, Flair would cut a promo on television in a live crowd at each show talking about his memories and experiences of wrestling in that city. Uh, WWE didn't want Flair appearing on the independent wrestling shows, which is understandable from their standpoint. Now, so just kind of a recap of what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, but uh, also what was added in this, that Flair is to get 50% of the money in advance. Yes. You don't give Flair money in advance. We know that. But uh, who was bringing, who was collecting this money to give to him? Like, who's fronting the money? Yeah. like Because, you- like, Bob Trobich, obviously, like, he sent a letter to all the other promoters, like, hey, who wants... Who, like who's who's interested in this deal? We want to fill thirty dates. Is he actually asking for each promoter to send him five grand, like off of that, or is Bob Trobich like covering it himself and then hoping these promoters pay him? Like that's that's something right there. Because as as I said earlier, it's hard for indie promoters back then, even to this day, to just have five grand or ten grand laying around that they could give us an advance um on august 11 2008 uh 
Ring of Honor uh, on August 2nd at the Hammerstein Ballroom. New York, Brent Albright won the NWA title from Adam Pierce. They had all the major NWA officials at the show. This was a reprise from 35 years ago when Sam Munchnik gave Harley Race a new, N- new red NWA title on July 20, 1973 in Houston. Before the match, he lost the title to Jack Briscoe. Briscoe wore the red title uh, belt for his reign, which eventually was changed to a similar black belt. That until being used by Jim Crockett Jr. Uh, bought Ric Flair a new belt. Now, Albright bled, but the crowd got behind him big time. Strong came out to uh, counter the interference from Sweet and Sour. Uh, Albright uh, took a bump off the top, uh, threw a table towards the ring, finished saw Albright use five German suplexes, followed by the crowbar, the Fujara armbar, for the tap in 19 minutes and 42 seconds. So, I mean, sounds like a really good match and everything, but yeah, if you see NWA officials there, you 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 know something something is up. Yeah. Um. Let's see. All right. And this and I think like what we were talking about, like when the NWA is trying to go on go in their own uh, when they split from TNA, and obviously they didn't have Ring of Honor on the cards at first because they had the issue with Ring of Honor. Uh, having wrestlers under contract, but now all of a sudden they're all in on Ring of Honor. Well, yeah, because it's the only notable company that wants to work with them at this point. Uh, August 18, 2008, the NWA Mexico debut show on August 30th at Juan de la Barrera Gym has been added, has added Brent Albright versus Adam Pierce to the NWA title. Uh, on September 3rd, 2008, uh, the NWA drew a crowd of about 300 fans on August 24th at the 8,000-seat Freeman Coliseum in San Antonio for a TV taping. Blue Demon Jr., uh, seconded by Cassandro, beat Rob Conway, seconded by Trevor Murdoch in the main event. Sid Vicious and X-Pac were the major no-shows, with it being that announced that Sid missed his flight. It's the story of Sid. Uh, Murdoch. Was, was softball season still going on? Maybe it was oh, champion. Oh, September? Oh, yeah. It's the championships. It, but he's in, he's also in, like, Arkansas. So, yeah, oh, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, fall ball, man. Uh, <laughs> Murdoch uh, hit Brett Albury with a foreign object and pinned him and was announced as the new NWA champion. Ace Steel came out and told the ref what happened. And then the match had restarted. Uh, with Albright getting the pin, so a lot of a lot of interesting people involved with this. But like the Freeman Coliseum, home of Survivor Series '94. Yep, you have uh, three hundred fans. Why are you running these arenas? When when as you saw, like we talked about earlier, when they were running, they drew like what five hundred in Texas. Like they were they're doing respectable, but why did you why did you go to an arena? Running that's nice- the common theme of every. Sh- of every show we've done so far is like these feds running thousand seat arenas, multiple thousand thousand yeah, seat arenas. The LA Sports Arena, like yeah, this oh, just run a small, nice theater or ballroom or you know, like. But you had no indication that you were going to draw thousands of people when you've only drew a few hundred every show. Well, yeah, and like Sid and X Pac weren't going to get you two thousand fans. I like to think the the, the uh, mindset was well, we did two thousand in Atlanta, so even if we do two thousand eight thousand, see, I mean, we fill the quarter of the place. <laughs> you know, that, that's like the someone car. not know like what the pay was, <laughs> what the I mean, paid for that show. Uh, yeah, uh, 
On uh, September 8, 2008, we have a note. Uh, the NWA Mexico show produced by David Marquez on August 30th in Wayne Dilla Barrera Gym in Mexico City uh, drew a 1,000 fans blamed at least partially on high ticket prices. Uh, Negro Navarro won the America's Championship, the name of the main title belt in the Los Angeles promotion in the late 60s and throughout the 70s from the Solar. From Solar. Uh, Brett Albright pinned Adam Pierce to keep the NWA title using brass knucks as a finish. And the fans crapped on the main event. Um, what the fans, fans crapped on? on? Sorry. And the main event was Santo and Demon Jr. Uh, and Rayo Del Lasco Jr. over Dandy. Who are you to doubt El Dandy? Uh, Forza Guerrero and Hio Del Solitario when Rayo pinned Solitario. Uh, the two went back and forth with challenges. The mass versus mass match that will never happen. They've already announced a September 27th return date. The Fed is called NWA Mexico and you didn't headline with the NWA world title. Nope. <laughs> uh, but but I like I we just read an NWA show do three hundred and then here's one that do a thousand and they're not happy with the draw and saying it's blamed partially on the high ticket prices. So I think that's a, a difference in culture. Yeah, I mean, and and it, it's it's just a straight lucha show. Like on their debut show, um, Sky Day's on it. Uh, Trying to think of Pure Edda Morgan, Ogun de Seattle, um, Black Terry, uh, Magno, Incognito, like, you know, your typical, you know, f- freelance luchadors at that time. Uh, all right. Uh, and then we uh, had a note from September 15th. Uh, the NWA Mexico return to September 27th at Juan de la Barra Gym, headlined by Mil Mascaris and uh, Shocker and Tarzan Boy. Now, uh, an independent back to his old name versus Cien Saras Jr. Um, Headhunter A, which I think Cien Saras Jr. Is that Andrade? No, he's no. Los Ombres. Oh, he's Los, oh, Los Ombres. Okay. Los, yeah. Okay. Uh, Headhunter A, Headhunter A, <laughs> and Mascara Ano 2000, plus Bleed, Blue Demon Jr. versus Dandy. Uh, they aren't flying in Brent Albrey's NWA champion or any of the XWB guys for this show. But you just threw a thousand people. You can, you're not flying Brent Albright in? I mean, maybe he was booked. I can't. I can't really say it's any money issues. Well, that would be unfair for me to say that. That second NWA show was moved from September 27th to October 4th. Oh, now you can book Brent then <laughs> if, he, if he was double booked. Uh, on September 29th, 2008, Ring of Honor ran the Alhambra, which is the ECW arena in Philadelphia, on September 20th before about 950 fans. So it was just shy of a sellout. But that's significantly more than they were drawing in the National Guard Armory and will be returning in December. Yeah, I, I, I saw a Ring of Honor show at the Armory. Would, would have preferred it was the ECW arena. Uh, Pierce beat Albright to win the NWA title when Pierce used Albright's own Futurama armbar. They did an angle where Albright was supposedly tore his biceps the night before, and it was all taped up. Uh, from the Figure Four Weekly, the decision to put the NWA title back on Pierce was done because he wasn't going to be used at Ring of Honor anymore, and not because Brent Albright suffered an injury. He did suffer an injury, but it was minor, not a fully torn bicep that had been rumored, and he won't be missing a lot of time. So they kind of look for their way out. They're like, uh, you know, but here's the thing. Why not keep it on Ring of Honor, guy? Like, you know, it's, I don't know. I guess just because, like, is he available for all the dates? That, that's, I know that's probably the thing. But again, this is during the time where NWA was like, you have to be available and you have to take NWA feds over anything else. So, like, if Brent Albright had a Ring of Honor booking that's going to pay him well, or does he work this NWA fed that's drawing 50 people in the middle of nowhere? Like, he'd have to take that booking because... You're going to be a champion. So I could see that being a chore. October 1st, 2008, Big Vision Entertainment 
who produced the Wrestling Sacks for MTV is looking to get back into doing a promotion. There's been talks with them working with Bob Trovich and David Marquez to try and make the NWA a viable brand with a better television deal as well to revive the gorgeous ladies of wrestling concept. But as a reality show, a casting call for the proposed show to take place is taking place this week in Southern California. Um, did Big Vision have anything to do with Wrestlelicious? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good question. Wrestlelicious. I mean, I figured like Big Vision just is involved with any wrestling product out of Southern California at this point. One day we have to do an episode. It could be one episode on all the the glow knockoffs <laughs> that came and go- <laughs> that came and gone. Oh, I was a huge fan of WoW back in the early 2000s. <laughs> WoW is interesting. You're, you're, you're a big fan of the Croc. There was Smoke, whatever his name was. Yeah, yeah the Smoke. Uh, I called the Cooper. Yeah, Smoke. Uh, October. He, he's, he's a good follower on social media. He's still out there. He's not wrestling, but yeah. he's still he's, he, he's a really good cosplayer. He goes to Comic-Cons. Uh, yeah. Were you a fan of G.I. Ho? Was that your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> this is the early 2000s, people. Not politically correct. <laughs> There's always a farmer's daughter. Yeah. But there, there was always... Uh, a heel tag team of two prisoners. Like it was the same formula every every knockoff. Um, regarding a report last week on Anna Pierce winning NWA title from back from Brett Albright, Bob Trowbridge, executive director of NWA, writes the decision to put the belt back on Pierce was made before for the switch to Albright and was always their plan at NWA. The decision, as all concerning the belt, was ours at NWA, not Ring of Honors. It's damage control, maybe. October 13, 2008, the second NWA Mexico show at uh, Juan de la Barrera Gym drew 550 fans with a main event of Mil Mascaris and Juventu Guerrera and Tarzan Boy uh, over Antifaz del Norte and Hater and Headhunter A. Where is Headhunter B? <laughs> like, the, the semi. He's holding like, out for more money. Like, the semi saw Blue Demon Jr. Uh, beat Dandy uh, via DQ. Dandy used a tombstone pile driver and Demon Jr. Oh, can't use a tombstone. Yeah. It was DQ'd. Uh, Dandy is protesting, saying the move is legal under NWA rules. Demon Jr. did a stretcher job so- selling it. Uh, NWA Mexico returns on October 25th in Mexico City, headlined by Adam Pierce. First Blue Demon Jr. for the NWA title. They lost half their fans from the first to the second show. That's not a good sign. Uh, I Man, they should have given the belt to El Dandy. <laughs> that would have been notable. Because I, I think this was the time period that El Dandy clip got viral. I think this was where somebody found that. Because that El Dandy clip, that, that's not something you could find on the Peacock. Like I think it's from like a Worldwide. No, yeah, it was Worldwide or... Def- yeah, definitely like a worldwide. It was a backstage promo. Yeah, so someone just had an old tape and and the rest is history. Uh, November third, two thousand eight. Adam Pierce dropped the NWA title on October twenty fifth at Mexico City. So not a long run to Blue Demon Junior, but remains closely aligned with the NWA side. The group has in recent months had been many talks of trying to do a national, a major national relaunch with television and with the backing of Big Vision Entertainment. The key is a working relationship here would enable the Ring of Honor talent which is most of the best talent not already under contract with TNA, and did it be perhaps available for such a venture if anything comes of it. Ring of Honor owner Kerry Silken fired Gabe Sapolsky after the October 25th show in Edison, New Jersey, and will be replacing him with Adam Pierce as part of what will be the new direction of the company. So, like, that's... Yeah, I don't think Adam Pierce is going to put you number one in NWA. That's just... 
could be a coincidence on that day that Adam Pierce dropped the title. He was also named head booker of Ring of Honor. Yeah, just a coincidence. Yeah. Um, November fifth, two thousand eight, Blue Demon Junior. becomes the first luch- became the first luchador to win the NWA World Heavyweight Title on October twenty fifth at the Centro Benamex Convention Center in Mexico City, beating Anna Pierce. The show drew four hundred fans. So this, the it's the NWA Mexico. It's it, it keeps getting smaller and smaller, and even some of that was papered. They tried to push in a local press conference that Demon Jr. was getting a shot at the same title held by Luthez and Harley Race. But even though Fez worked Mexico a lot later in his career, modern fans really didn't know him. And Race is pretty much a complete unknown in Mexico. The finish was Demon Jr. using a half crab and Pierce passing out for the pain rather than tapping. But his arm was under the ropes, unseen by the referee. The NWA uh, teased that Pierce had a valid gripe, but in its release, promoter Ruben Zamora stated, in the, N- in the NWA, the referee's decision is final. Demon Jr. was also the first masked man to win the title. It was weird uh, for a babyface to win the title that way. That That's interesting. Masked, like, luchador and masked man. Yeah, well... Uh... I believe there was a rule in the NWA back uh, back in the day that a masked man could not win the belt. Uh, I want to say that was the Midnight Rider, the home Midnight Rider gimmick. And they, that they they, they, yeah. they ran a bunch of house shows with Dusty pinned Flair, the Midnight Rider pinned Flair, and then was forced to unmask to keep the belt, and he didn't, and the belt went back to Flair. That's the old school way because wearing a mask is a gimmick, and you don't like the champion was never a gimmick. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that, but it's crazy to think of you know, you know, there was some you know, you had Dick Destroyer Buyer and the Mass Assassins and Mister Wrestling and all these guys, and never world champ, not a none of them world champion. Uh, in November 10, 2008, NWA Mexico announced uh, Daniel Aceves, a Mexican amateur wrestling legend, as the new figure of president, uh, replacing Blue Demon Jr. The idea is for Demon Jr. is now NWA champion, so he can no longer be president of promotion. That's smart booking. Uh, they, yeah. You know, it's, I mean, he's still running the company, but yeah. Yeah, but the, the, the fans think it's this MMA or am, amateur wrestling guy. Yeah. Uh, Big Vision Entertainment is backing the NWA and doing a new television show called NWA Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. The first set of tapings will be on November 14th, November 16th at the Columbia Square Studios on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood, California. Big Vision backed the Wrestle Society X project on MTV, which perished in the middle of its first season, which was a high spot fest. Uh, this will be a different product. Our new show will be focused more on a new intimate vibe and feel best described as a modern version of the way wrestling used to be before it was produced before the WWE era, uh, said Big, v- Big Vision CEO Houston Curtis. Our goal is to bring pure wrestling entertainment back to the family. David Marquez will be involved in producing the show. I expect to tie in Ring of Honor since Adam Pierce has worked with Marquez for years, and Ring of Honor talent makes up most of the best non-TNA and non-WE talent on the market. Uh, there is also a huge surprise who at this point is scheduled to be involved with the project, uh, but I don't know if that deal is 100% locked in yet, but, the de- but if the deal is made, that means money is behind the project. No television deal was announced, but hopefully it's already locked in. Blue Demon Jr. is world champion. Uh, Lance Cade, Trevor Murdoch, Adam Pierce, and Brent Albright are in the main t- uh, main stars announced. I'd hate to see uh, this like the Jimmy Hart XWF where they shot TV and they canceled the next taping and were forever days away from making the announcement as to where the TV would run. And finally, after seven-figure losses, the offices closed with nothing to show it but some DVDs Jimmy Hart would sell on late-night television. They... they... XWF lost seven 
figures? I, that like did Hogan not give Jimmy a good brother discount? <laughs> it's gotta be. It. <laughs> like, like, oh brother, I, I you know I'm gonna do this TV taping and work somebody like Kurt Henning. No, you know, a great worker. Oh, I, I need I need us a million brother. <laughs> yeah. uh, the NWA uh, did a show on November first. In Pentagon, British Columbia, and drew 1,800 fans, but very few comps on a show that was mainly extreme Canadian championship wrestling, plus uh, people, plus Kevin Nash versus Cade with the NWA's other top names, Albright, Murdoch, and Pierce, uh, and other as the other fly-ins. And Nash wouldn't be possible for a TV show since nobody from TNA can appear on a rival television show. Rich Baker, who was highly thought of in the TNA, uh, but ended up balking in the move to Nashville, has since taken a job booking roadshows in the NWA, saying they drew more paid in uh, Pentagon, British Columbia, than TNA did in Ontario and Anaheim over the weekend in the second largest markets in North America. I mean, I've worked for indie feds that drew more than TNA did in the same town, in the same market. Um, Rich Baker, there's a lot in the notes I didn't put in here because a lot of it was pertaining to like his TNA. He worked for WWE. He's a longtime WWE employee and lived in Stanford and was working for and working for TNA. And around this time, TNA wanted him to move to Nashville to be in the office, and he refused. So they got rid of him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and uh... now. Obviously, that was 2000, 2008, and this is 2021, but, like, you don't need people to work in your, work in your office. You can work from home. You can you could be remote, especially during this time with what he was doing. Well, and I think at this time, Bruce Pritchard's working remote for TNA, I think. Or no, it's yeah. only at least WWE this year, but, yeah, he worked remote oh, but he, for yeah. Bruce, Bruce did sit on his podcast when he went to TNA. Like, they wanted, Dixie wanted him to move to Nashville. Just to be physically physically in the office, and he never did, and he refused. He's like, no, there's no point in there's no point in that. Which there isn't, especially for someone like him. That's like you go down for the tapings. That's when you see per- people in person. Now, uh, November 17, two thousand eight, uh, the NWA Mexico group is doing a Masters hair match in Mexico City with Blue Diamond Junior putting up his hair against the uh, putting up his mask against the hair of El Dandy. Uh, on November 24, 2008, uh, the NWA did three days of TV tapings in Hollywood, Florida. That can't be right. It's Hollywood, California. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, at the CBS studios uh, from November 14 to November 16th with 150 to 250 people there. The next tapings will be December 19th and December 20th. Sunday was much better than Friday with the crowd hot for a show that built around a lot of Southern California talent. David Marquez, Adam Pierce, Kevin Kleinrock, and David Lagana, along with Big Vision Entertainment, handled the creative end. Uh, Coke is a major sponsor because they have a Blue Demon Jr. energy drink, and Demon Jr. is the world champion. That's interesting. That's a wrestling thing we got to find. Uh, the main stories are a world title program where Brent Albright and Adam Pierce are battling over who gets the next shot at Demon. They taped eight shows, uh, and in show eight, it ends with Pierce versus Albright with Brian Danielson as the ref. Albright won a tag match, and, and he could pick uh, the ref. Pierce threw an elbow and hit Danielson, who responded by going for a kick on Pierce, who moved and connected with Albright, as P- so Pierce won. The tag team title is up in a tournament uh, with Phoenix Star and Zocre, uh, the Border Patrol, Native Blood, Young Bucks, and Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch. Cade and Murdoch were uh, 
baby faces went over, but praised the Young Bucks in the process. The other program was uh, based on the North American title where champ Mike DiBiase built up for a match with TJ Perkins, which DiBiase ends up retaining. The Jacksons were the most over on the show. Uh, look at that. In, two th- in 2008, yeah. the Bucks are, are, are the stars of the show. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, we're starting show. Demon Jr. was there the first night, and they presented it with a new NWA world title belt. They got rid of the red belt pattern after the belt worn by mostly Jack Brisker from 7375 to go with the black style that was used by Harley Race and Ric Flair before the belt was put into play. That looks like the belt Chris Jericho wears. The mean, su- mean the big gold belt. Yeah. The success or failure of this project depends on how much law in losses big vision entertainment can or is willing to with understanding and getting off the ground and getting in a strong television deal speaking of flair there are hopes on the nwa side of things of getting uh, both rick and reed flair involved with the television show the deal didn't cut in time for the first tapings but a draft of the contract was sent to them on november 18th so a decision could be made before the f- next tapings rick flair would not wrestle on the show but given his name obviously he'd be the biggest star of the show i haven't heard any creative officially on it but one would think he'd be used in the fully style authority position flair would help probably help him immensely in getting early recognition and at least opening the doors to television and merchandise but they would still need production values uh for that right kind of deal and the right kind of deal um another idea that has been talked about is rick is reed's manager but this early in the game, there's too much pressure on Reed because with Rick there, I, he'd have to be used as a headliner. Rick is openly talked, uh, and that's with this deal not in strong picture to point, returning to WWE in a year or two as Reed's manager. So it looked like Rick would parlay this into something for Reed, which would have been a smart business move. Um, you know, uh, but now. And NWA Championship Wrestling, it's still Championship Wrestling, not NWA anymore. We're Championship Wrestling uh, from Hollywood. But now David Marquez has turned it into a brand. He has one in Atlanta. He has one in uh, Memphis. Yeah. Um, and I think there's like one more, one or two more, too. Texas, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's he's definitely branched apart. And I mean, we. I don't think the NWA knew that this really wasn't their show. I mean, yes, Marquez did highly present the NWA, but it... Marquez was a, a flag ended, bearer for the NWA yes, up until... It ended up being really the best of Southern California when yeah. it was down to it. You know? I mean, we we get to the whole split later on. A guy like pretty you know, Peter bad. Avalon made his name. Yeah. You know, in this. Um, November 26, 2008, the NWA of Mexico show on November 15th was to be headlined by Blue Demon Jr. putting his mask against the hair of Dandy was canceled due to no advance. They did run a cancer benefit show on the next night before 500 fans with Blue Demon. Um, and then uh, just you, uh, November 22nd, 2008. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so they canceled the big mask for his hair match. <laughs> Uh, December 22nd, 2008, uh, Blue Demon Jr. as NWA Heavyweight Champion publicly noted that CML wrestlers holding the NWA Light Heavyweight, Middleweight, and Welterweight titles aren't real champions because they aren't recognized by the NWA. And Demon said that NWA Mexico has talked with CMLL and they never ever went after the promotion uh, using the belts because they never promoted in Mexico. But now that they are, they want to use those belts. So uh, it we... Uh there's a little bit more uh, talk in there, too, about CMLL. But basically, CMLL changes the names of all the belts and just calls them the Heritage Light Heavyweight, Heritage Middleweight, and Heritage Welterweight titles. Although in the dirt sheets, uh, they're still listed as parentheses NWA Heritage Championships. And I believe they use the same belts. So they 
they a light change, but they still had the same uh, lineage. Uh, also, a note from that December 22nd Observer, the NWA's next tapings for a second show called NWA Wrestling Showcase will be done December 20th, December 21st from the same studios in Hollywood, California. The matches will air on Colors TV, which is an exclusive Dish Network channel, airing Friday nights at 6 p.m. On e- and 3 p.m. Pacific, so that isn't much in a way of clearance. Um, did you ever watch this show? Because they would put it on YouTube. The NWA Showcase show. I watched it. Yeah, I'm I know. Like Sid beat, beat a guy in his jeans. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it, yeah, they, uh, all this information here, like Aaron on Colors, it did also air on their website. Um, December 29th, 2008, Flair's reality show is in the process of being pitched regarding his work as a TV spokesman on the new NWA TV show, and his name would be used as the key point to sell the project. The offer is on the table, which would be about 43 dates, both TV tapings and selected house shows. He hasn't accepted the offer yet, but it depends on what, what happens with his reality show. Um, Keep going back and forth with wanting to bring in flair. I mean, I, I think they just financially the resources, like I think, oh, yeah, let's bring in flair. uh Oh, WWE, but, you know, we'll, we'll run this Atlanta show and the money will be there. Oh, we lost money. Okay, uh, hey, we're, you know, we're, we got big things in San Antonio. We could make some money, move and play around, you know. And then, like, even these TV tapings, like, I mean, this is great and all, but at the end of the day, Colors TV is still Colors TV. Like, and It's not a major network. And we're talking 2008, folks, where TV is still very, like, terrestrial, like, well, like, cable TV, but, like, no, you know, on demand's there, DVR is there, but people still network TV, over the air TV, yeah. and the Streaming prime services are in their infancy. At Channels this point. two through ninety nine; those are the ones that matter. Yeah, like the main networks, and you got like yeah, you got all these major networks putting out ratings that they can't even touch now. You know, like the USA Network and AMC and History and all that. Like, so you got to remember the place we're in with television. So, like, if you're you know, you're on this tiny, tiny network and no one's finding you. Maybe they would have been smart to be one of the first streaming people because, I mean, this is about when Netflix starts starting streaming around this era. I think they were testing the yeah. streaming around so, like 08, 09. Yeah, maybe NWA should have been one of the early streaming pioneers, but could have been a different story. But, yeah, I mean, I get it. You get on TV, but, I mean, even when Ring of Honor was an HGNet, that was still far down the scape. As far as TVs, uh, I deals. I can't remember, uh, but if the show was listed in the program guide on Dish Network as NWA Wrestling Showcase, at least people would have found that because uh, using the word wrestling in there uh, on your program guide, if you search for wrestling, uh, it'll come up. And oftentimes with certain systems, I know like Dish Network, I had Dish Network briefly during this era uh mm-hmm. like early early 2010s uh it would show you related programming too so if you taped raw or smackdown you dvr raw and smackdown it would show like similar shows and it, wrestling is a keyword it would show up there too um a little bit after this pa- parody and pro shows up on my tivo or <laughs> did when it was airing um a little bit after this like wow they're on tv no they they, they were oh uh, a little bit after this like 2011 uh, 
I want to say, and I had DirecTV. I didn't have Dish, but yeah, you're right. You type in the keyword wrestling, and it would give me every related wrestling related program, yeah. even if it was like wrestling was just a theme of the episode or whatever. And like, so I'd, I'd be like, oh, great, they're TV Land showing uh, Family Matters where, you're, where he wrestles the Bushmackers, Bushmackers, yeah. you know, like stuff like that. Um, that was always a big thing I would push on feds that I've I've done production for that have had local the TV word wrestling in there. Yeah, even if it's even if it's like public access, you have the world wrestling in there because it's that will trigger the search terms. Um, so, like we said, this is going to be a multiple part thing. So we'll probably put this in two, maybe three parts, about two hours a piece. We'll kind of wrap it up up here uh, um, as we're very busy people. <laughs> but uh, just to kind of recap what we have here, so the NWA they're trying big things. They they broke up with you know broke it off with TNA. They're trying to Phillips Arena, didn't work. They're trying to NWA Mexico, it's not working. Shows are being canceled. Attendance is dropping. They try that big show in San Antonio, very very small audience. Now the ta- taping, working with Marquez and all. I mean, all these guys are very influential. You know, I mean, David Marquez, Kevin Kleinrock, Adam Pearson. You know, Dave Lagana. Um, you know. You know, obviously, Dave Lugano is in the same light of Joey Ryan, where we just, he's part of the history, so we got to mention it, unfortunately. Um, but with Marquez, Kleinrock, Pierce, these are guys that are really heavily involved. I mean, look what Pierce is still doing to this day. Kleinrock, we've already listed his credentials. Same thing with Marquez. Um, so this was definitely something that going here that they really could have took advantage of, but it just doesn't catch steam, and which we'll get into that. I mean, the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood thing, I think, has a very successful run, but the NWA capitalizing on it, you know, NWA using it to its advantage doesn't catch steam. Yeah. No, I... But, yeah, so uh, if you want to, uh, if you don't already have follow us on social media, RTI Pod on Twitter, Rediscovering Indies on Facebook and Instagram. We put out the This Day in Independent Wrestling History every day. Uh, so you get a little fun fact, so check that out. And that will, that's on all three social media outlets. Um, uh, what do you have upcoming, uh, Ash, on your uh, schedule here? Plugs. Uh, just a lot of uh, production gigs coming up. Um, work with GoPro uh, with, some, with some gigs coming up. Uh, nothing really has been announced yet, but, yeah, I think I'm uh, doing my normal my normal uh, gigs got ESW coming up. Got Excite Wrestling, obviously uh, coming up soon. Uh, doing some production for Blitzkrieg Pro. Um, got, got some uh, interesting things coming up that I can't really talk about right now. But uh, follow on social media, follow on Instagram. I always put pictures up, just trying to gain some clout. Yeah, you can reach. Uh, was it Rough Ash? On yes. Uh, and then uh, for me, uh, coming up uh, September 11th, I'll be doing Upstate Professional Wrestling in Rochester, New York. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, on our next show, I'll, I have a stacked October. So we'll, I'll be plugging our date. You got the Bills home opener on uh, September, September 12th. That it will not be at Excite Wrestling. Sorry, Johnny Moose. Uh, he already knows. Uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah. The, the perils of having season tickets. That's the problem. But October... Um, is pretty sick. And hey, listen, I'm going to be in Las Vegas uh, September 23rd to like the 27th. So, like, if anybody's running out there to promote or, or you want to do stand up or whatever and you're a fan of the show, hit me up. I'm, I'm interested in doing a show or two when I'm out there. Uh, uh, in, uh, I, I kind of want to check out the FSW uh, facilities when I'm out there, too. Uh, they got a pretty cool school down there. So, uh, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be in Las Vegas during that weekend. Just visiting but uh definitely interested in doing a show or two uh, if anyone's out there listening in that and wants to uh give me a lead 
Um, other than that, Chris Gillow, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, you can also catch me on the WrestleNomics uh, radio show, uh, WrestleNomics uh, radio podcast, which is on the Voice of Wrestling Network, and that airs typically every late Sunday night, early early Monday morning as far as when it debuts. Uh, but here you can catch us on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and other uh podcasting devices um so with that uh we really want to thank you guys for listening want to thank our sponsor the wrestling entertainment network uh and want to thank the bicp radio network and matt johnson who uh helped put it together here as we record from the podcast precincts so for chris gullo he's jonathan ash we we will see you next time support independent wrestling and read on your independent wrestling history